Blog Talk Radio. everybody good evening and happy easter to you and all of your friends and family here on a quarantine sunday afternoon here in somerville south carolina i'm rich i alongside the coach eugene benton who is in here with me uh he's at home we've kept him at home of course uh, so we're doing this thing from our own locations and it's going to be an interesting show for sure with that i'll go ahead and bring him in and say uh well happy easter there coach i haven't spoke to you since friday gave you some time away to kind of Spend some quality time over there with your family. I know you got a, uh, a new pet in the house today. I've noticed that via social media. But uh, how's life happening over there in North Charleston on a Sunday evening? Huh. It's doing great, man. Yeah, we picked up um, – we interviewed – he's a Chesapeake retriever. Uh, we interviewed him with a dog. We took our other dog over to meet him last week and picked him up today. It was a good Easter present for my son. He lo- He's already in love with the dog. The dog follows him around everywhere. You know, we had to get him home, get him acclimated and all that good stuff. And uh, and it, it was a great Easter. Had a great service this morning. I caught the tail end of one and jumped on another one real quick and uh, just enjoyed a cup of coffee outside and enjoyed some good uh, some good word. And it's been a great Sunday. It has been a great weekend here in Somerville. Yesterday, you know, I staying strong as far as mentally, physically running day in and day out. I actually ran the bridge, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. Uh, so I can check that off my list of things I've never done here in Charleston and run the bridge, check, done. We'll get that in a minute. But yesterday, yesterday, as I always do on Saturdays here in Somerville, I ran through town. And uh, I don't know what it's like to live in Pleasantville, you know, the other movie Pleasantville. But it's pretty similar, got to be pretty similar to what I felt yesterday in Somerville. When we were running through, socially distancing ourselves apart, a lot of people were out there running around, walking, but they, they did have that arm, you know, at least reach away from one another. But so many people were waving at you and just smiling and, I guess, seeing some new faces that weren't locked up in the house with them for the last week or so uh, kind of brought some smiles to some people here in town. Uh, and like I mentioned, got up this morning uh, somewhere around 7.15, headed to – Charleston downtown on the Mount Pleasant side. I jumped off, uh, you know, out of the car onto the bridge, went up, down, back up, back down, and uh, less than an hour, five miles later, I can now say that I'm running the bridge. So I'm up to now 29 miles, I think is what it is, uh, this week, because I'm really trying to motivate those athletes who are sitting at home, whether you play any sport, male or female, to just stay moving, stay moving and stay ready because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring as uh, we are all shut down here in the state of South Carolina, at least educationally, in the classrooms, which means the ball fields are all locked up, the gates are padlocked up, nobody can get in and uh, practice. Not sure if that's even going to happen. We'll talk a little bit about that here on the show today as well. But we do have a loaded guest list today as we will go three solid hours today. Tuesday, we come back at you from 6 to 8, where I've already lined up Perry Parks. He's a, uh, a coach in the Midlands. He's going to join us uh, at 6-12. And then, of course, Thursday, we do another show. So, And that's two solid hours as well. 
So, of course, you can always call in. You can hang out. You can tweet at us. The number to call in is easy. It's 323-784-9681. That's the easiest way to get a hold of us, to talk to us, let us know what's on your mind, or if there's anything you want to kind of get off your chest a little bit, come on in, hang out with us. You can tweet at us over at the show's Twitter account. That's at SO Sports Central. And then you can follow us on Facebook, of course, at Southern Sports Central. Of course, our studio is sponsored by our buddies over at the factory located over in Hanahan, South Carolina. Their gym is also closed for right now. As soon as it opens, as soon as it opens, we're going to do a special show, whether it's a Monday, Tuesday, doesn't matter what day it is. We'll do a live show in the, uh, in, in the factory with those guys and girls and uh, do something fun. I am hoping to get those guys in here with me on Tuesday to kind of talk a little bit about what you should be doing, why you can't really do anything. All right. So uh, there's always something you can do, be it push-ups or sit-ups. Uh, your own body weight alone can keep you in great shape, believe it or not. I know everybody likes to go to those expensive spot gyms and this, that, and the other, but it all starts at home. We're not just talking about your attitude. We're talking about everything across the board. So uh, we'll get into some of that here throughout today. Now, loaded guest list today uh, there, Eugene. I'm not sure if you got a chance to look through it, but, of course, we'll start off at 612 with the uh, Somerville Tacoma Club guys. We'll get anybody from the president that's going to come in here. We'll have the cheerleading head coordinator come in and everybody in between. So it's about five or six guests that are joining us in about 30 minutes. That's going to be a lot of fun to get those guys and girls in here to talk about something new that they're doing here in the Somerville, Dorchester County area. Of course, we're excited to get that information out to the listeners. Then at 7.30, we're going to head over to Mount Pleasant. Uh, I believe he lives in Mount Pleasant. He, goes to long, he goes, went to Bishop England, so I should ask where he lived at. Uh, but nevertheless, he went to Bishop England. He was an offensive lineman there. Uh, then he headed over, of course, to Wofford, where he, four years, did what he needed to do, and now will transfer to Illinois. He's going to play the big – and, of course, that's going to be Mr. Blake uh, Yurtze, who's going to hang out with us. He's going to talk to us about why he chose to leave that of Wofford and head him to Illinois, being an alumni, and, of course, in the Big Ten. Now, that's a 7.30 interview. And then uh, around 8 o'clock, we're going to head down towards the uh, – well, he's usually in Hilton Head, but I think he's somewhere in Central Standard Time right now. He's getting ready for, of course, the draft coming up, and that is uh, Shamik Blackshear, defensive end. He played for the Gamecocks. He's played down there – in the southern part of the low country down there at Hilton Head. He'll check in with us at 8 o'clock. And this book, this one, at 8.30. We're going to head to Charlotte, where Vashti Hurt with Carolina Blitz is going to join us. She's been a big-time uh, contributor to Southern Sports Central. Her knowledge is impeccable. The way that she handles uh, the sports world is just amazing. So she's going to check in here with us and uh, talk to us about what's going on in, in North Carolina from her point of view in the high school world, possibly. But we'll definitely talk some college with her, how's this kind of working out, her thoughts, her opinions. And then, of course, NFL conversation as well. So uh, it's without a doubt, Eugene, it's going to be another solid three hours. And you saw last week, man, it doesn't take long to get three under our belt. It does not, man. This three hours go by fast when you're having fun and talking to great people and getting some uh, great insights, knowledge, sharing words, sharing, you know, what's going on in people's lives. It goes by pretty quickly. I was pretty pretty shocked that that three-hour show just blew by and it was over. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we're looking forward about to it tonight, man. It'll be a good one. We're still waiting on confirmation on who's going to be the new head coach at Wando, who's going to be the head new coach over at Oceanside. Hadn't got any word there. I know that they've had their interviews, and I know they've kind of narrowed it down at both of those institutions. So we're hopefully get the word out of here uh, sometime this week. So maybe Tuesday we'll have a coach to announce and get him uh, or her. Who knows? You never know what angle they might go at either one of these schools here. And we'll get them in here, and we'll talk to that new coach. And um, 
how to get their new vision, their new outlook, and what they plan on doing going forward is, of course, uh, I know there's a lot of people at Rondo, they got to be curious, man. They've had an opening for quite some time. Uh, it's a little fresher. It's a little fresher over there at Oceanside, but still, uh, the kids are eager. The parents are eager. There's so much. What are we going to do next uh, on the docket? So, uh, should be a good one. It's been a great weekend if you're here in Charleston, if you're in the low country up to the Grand Strand. It's been a very mild day. Yesterday may have been, I think, one of the best spring days you could have asked for, man. I mean, I, I stayed out and about uh, throughout the day yesterday after exercise and kind of getting out and uh, seeing uh, just a little bit different stuff because, I, you know, you, you have a few things you have to get. They do say, uh, in our order, it's go where you got to go and then you're okay. It's kind of like getting where you got to get order. It's a little different than the norm, uh, not really much of a shutdown. Uh, when it comes to that, uh, and, of course, um, getting some more into possibly Oceanside announcement could come Monday. So we'll, we'll wait and see uh, what we're going on with that. Here's what we got to do. we got to go to break, man. So uh, coming up next, I believe it's going to be um, Mr. Brian Vickers. He is the Satoma president. He should join us at 612. We'll check in with him. And then around 630, Nas Ridley, who is the Satoma Club secretary and program director of Fort Dorchester Youth Program at 7 o'clock. Greg Kessler, the program director for Somerville, the Green Wave. He'll check in with us. And then around 7:17, Katrina Parsons. She is the Satoma Club cheerleading director. So we're going to get you all figured out. If you're here in the low country and you've got a young one getting ready to play or cheer, we'll, we'll kind of understand, you know, a little bit more the chance of them starting on time as a hope and a prayer. But no answers will be given on that tonight. But we've got some other things as far as why they decided to go into got a little different deal here. We'll, we'll figure some of that out as well. We're going to take a quick one, guys. We'll be right back. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Hang out with us over there on Twitter at SO Sports Central. We'll be right back, guys. You're on the couch blowing up my phone You don't want to come out But you don't want to be alone it don't take but two to have a little soiree. If you're in the mood, sit tight right where you are, babe. Cause I'll be at your door in ten minutes. Whatever you got on, girl, stay in it. You ain't got to leave the house to have a good time. I'm going to bring the good time home to you. We'll have a
Whatever you got on, baby, stay in it. You ain't got to leave the house to have a good time. I'm going to bring a good time home to you. We'll have a house party. We don't need nobody. Turn your TV off. Break that boom box out. We'll wake up all the neighbors till the whole block hates us. And the cops show up and try to shut us down. If you're going to be a homebody, we're going to have a house party. If you want to be a homebody. Welcome back, everybody. That would probably be the theme for everybody right now, house party. It has been uh, quite a house party for the last month or so for uh, many of those uh, who have not been able to go back to work, go back to school, do whatever they do. Uh, And, of course, uh, you know, it could always be worse. Imagine if you're home right now, and we're talking Hurricane uh, Katrina, Hurricane Hugo, Hurricane Andrew, where you have no power. Okay, so, again, you got power, you got water. It could be a lot worse. So keeping that perspective as well. Uh, this came out from Dorchester County. For you guys that uh, get a little humor in some of the uh, uh, in some of the entertainment here, uh, Dorchester County Sheriff's Office would like to remind you that running from the deputies is not considered social distancing. So uh, that, of course, came across the world of Twitter, uh, and I thought it was entertaining, so I shared it. Of course, uh, always a good time to kind of add a little flavor, flavor and fun uh, to what we have going on. Now let's get into the fun because on the course. Uh, Kent Farm Hotlines right now. We've got Mr. Brian Vickers, the Tacoma president, joins us. Uh, Brian, first of all, welcome to first of many visits here on the show, and uh, hopefully you're staying safe and enjoying a wonderful Easter Sunday. Uh, yep. I um, hope everybody else is enjoying a, a happy Easter as well. So that's exactly what I'm doing, enjoying a nice family-oriented uh, Easter at home with my family, social distancing, and following the rules today. No doubt about it, man. So, you know, we're excited to get you in here with us. Uh, we're going to continue to grow with you guys. We're going to try to do a show uh, on a Saturday because you guys play on Saturdays. You also play some during the week once the season gets going. Uh, but if it's okay, once we get back to that new normalcy, uh, we definitely want to do a live show and, and, and have some fun with you guys for two or three hours uh, there on the property over at, near Gahagan. I believe it's where you guys are still – is everything still kind of sitting at Gahagan? And, of course, you have the backfield as well. Uh, yep, so most of the games are played at Gahagan Field. Uh, exception to the playing for those would be the two um, travel programs, the Somerville Wave and the Fort Dorchester um, affiliated team. They, of course, will play at a different location most generally, but the hometown, the rec program, plays all games at the Gahagan facility, which is both the front and back field. And, of course, we'd, we'd love to have you out there sometime to, to cover some of the games and, and have some fun. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. So let's jump right into the new stuff that's happening here. I do see, uh, of course, you guys, uh, you know, with, with Nas being a part of what you guys are doing, of course, Greg there as well. Greg's going to oversee that looks like the Somerville Green Wave guys and that rivalry down just a little bit away from uh, Somerville, of course, is uh, the Fort Dorchester Patriots over there, and that's going to be ran by Nas. What kind of struck this conversation and what made you guys get into this uh, opportunity, which I love it because I think it's a great way to get the exposure of the young men and, and of course, some of the ladies with the cheerleading. So the, the the thought process behind it was we have kids growing up, you know, and they, they hopefully or some of them have uh, siblings that are older and they, 
they play at these schools or they know that the area that they live in is a, is a is a area for Somerville for the for the Somerville Greenway or for Fort Dorchester for the Patriots and we we thought it was important to tie a youth program together um that would give these kids some inspiration to get involved and and play and then hopefully grow their talents through our programs and then of course grow into the uh program of wherever they're geographically located, whether it be the Somerville Greenway or the Fort Dorchester Patriots, and then, of course, carry that all the way through high school. And then, and then, like you said, it adds an element of rivalry to our programs as well um, that hopefully then that will continue as they continue to play through their football career. Well, right now the president of there with the Satoma uh, League as well as uh, many things that, that, that this man does around the community, Brian Vickers now, of course. Uh, we're excited about having you in here. We're excited about adding – you guys to the fold, and I've reached out to you guys before. Uh, so it's just nice to finally put this piece together because we do promote the youth, whether you be at the high school level, the, the, the youth level, and even in the college is kind of where our mark is here on the show. But uh, give us your history. How long have you been part of the program? How long have you been the president over there? And uh, kind of vision, uh, give us the vision of, of where you expect to see uh, the Satoma teams in League B in 2020. So um, I've been with the club uh, a little more, I believe, in 12 years. I'll be honest, I'd have to go back and do the math to, to exactly figure it out. It's, it's been a long time. This is my second stint as president. Um, we run two-year terms in the club, so several years ago I was president. This is my second term. I'm uh, coming up on my first year of a two-year term in June, so I have a little bit of time left. Um, the club is, this, of course, at the Somerville Satoma Club. We are, although football is our primary um, fundraiser, if you will, the reason that we do the football at all levels is to raise money for the club's primary charity, and that is to send hearing-impaired, speech-impaired, or underprivileged children to Camp Sertoma, which happens in the summertime at an extension of Clemson University up in the Clemson area. So the goal is to fully fund these kids, send them to this camp. They have a great time. Um, we pay for everything. We get them there. We pay for the camp fees. We get them home. Um, to their parents, and, and that is our primary uh, charity, if you will, as part of what we do for the community. There's other things we try to get involved with, of course, but that is our primary uh, charity. And then the football is a, is how we raise those funds. So we have the football camps in the summer um, at the Gahagan facility as well. Any 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 funds that are generated from that, are, of course, go to the, to the charity. And then the football season itself. We love football, all of us that are involved with the club. Well, most of us are, are football enthusiasts, but um, everything we do as part of the club and the football is for these kids. Right, right now the president of the Satoma League here on his second year coming up. This is his second time being able to be called the president there. So you're doing something right when they can reelect you back in after the first time, man. you you got to feel pretty good about it. And I actually had a chance this past year uh, to go over on, on a lot of, uh, you know, during the weeknights and, and just kind of sit back and watch. And, you know, of course, I'm watching to see what kid may be going to Ashley Ridge or going to Fort Dorchester or Somerville. Uh, of course, you see a lot of the parents that played at Somerville and Fort Dorchester and, and maybe Ashley Ridge. I'm not sure if we have any of those out there yet, probably a few. Uh, how fun is that for you, though, to watch a lot of these names that maybe you've seen wearing that Somerville jersey, doing some of the things that they do, uh, and now all of a sudden, here come their kids up in the ranks, and you know right off the rip, man, that guy's as good as his kid or as his father, maybe better. Yeah, it's always really exciting to watch uh, some of the some of the guys that I went to high school with, or at, at Somerville, or just in general through the years that went there. And like you say, now their kids are coming through, 
and their kids are just as exciting to watch. Uh, you know, it, it, whether it be an offensive lineman that sort of most people overlook that position, but it's very important. We have a lot of those guys or the skill positions, and you see some of these kids that are coming through, and it's like I can't wait to see what they're going to do on Friday night um, or Thursday night when they hit the JV rank. So then um, for the select you to make it into the college ranks, it's always really exciting to watch these kids because down the road, uh, if we if we do our job right, we, we've promoted good citizenship. We've taught them the rules of the game. We've taught them to be a good sport, and hopefully their fathers are involved or their parental uh a uh, feature of uh, persons are involved with that out there as well, whether it be helping a team or, or coaching or helping this coach team. But we, we've done our job the right way. Then when they get to the high school ranks, they, they A, understand the game of football, B, they're good sports and they're good citizens in the community, and then they can provide us some exciting moments, whether we're, we're Greenway fans or we're Fort Dorchester fans or, or wherever um, our high school uh, inroads lie there from our past. And then, of course, we can watch these kids grow up as, as long as they play football and, and hopefully they go all the way and you look at someone like A.J. Green that is now in the NFL and you can watch him. Some some of these kids, I mean, I, I believe uh, I wasn't in the program then, but I believe uh, Mr. Green played in our program at one point in time. But there's other examples of kids that have went through our program and, and went on to, to bigger and better things. And it's always exciting for these kids to look and that all starts somewhere. And, and we want to be that somewhere for all these kids to start in our communities. No doubt about it. A lot of great athletes come around. Of course, you mentioned A.J. Green, uh, who, of course, is lighting it up as a wide receiver. His teammate on over there went to the other school uh, in the Somerville area. That's Carlos Dunlap. I mean, then Robert right. Quinn, who just signed on with the Bears, I believe, with a, a little chunk of change in his back pocket. you got Zach Bailey, who's playing now for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there's just so many guys that are just spread out, and there's other guys out there uh, as well. And you're right, it starts somewhere. And a lot of times it starts right in our own backyards. And for Solitoma, you know, my son Jacob is now 16, and, and, and he's kind of hung up the football cleats. He's a bit senior uh, coming up this year. And uh, he actually was part of a, a championship team there back in the day, the Redskins. And uh, I want to say they played the Cowboys. Double overtime, won it towards the highway over there on that road. And uh, it was an incredible finish to, to what was a great year and the atmosphere and all the – you see the businesses. Uh, how, how big has that been for you guys? I see a lot of food trucks kind of really starting to become a part of what you guys are doing and bringing some of that stuff out to kind of keep the parents, uh, you know, at least you got to keep them entertained as much as anybody because, you know, it is a hot day sometimes in the, in the uh, fall around here in the low country. Yeah, for sure. The, the businesses are, are a big part of what we're trying to do. Of course, we want to partner with as many businesses that we can in the community to, to help support this program and to help support these kids, whether it be food trucks or, or self or freestanding businesses that are just in the community. Um, there's always sponsorship ways that people can help us and, and help these kids ultimately, A, help with the football program and send these, uh, give these kids a, a good season and a, and, a, and a good experience. But on the other side of it also, um, every donation that we get from any business, it, of course, goes to the club and helping our ultimate um, cause, which is these kids and sending these underprivileged or, or um, special needs kids to this camp, and, and that's what we really try to do. But getting the parents involved as well, like you said, on, on, on the Saturdays or even during the week with the food trucks out there, we helping those businesses as well, it's a partnership. You know, the, we hope that the patrons that come to our fields to watch the games for sure are buying from these folks. And then, of course, those folks being out there for us, they give back to us as well. It's, it's a good partnership both with the food trucks and with other businesses in the community. Live right now, the president over there with the Sotoma Club, 
uh, here in Somerville. It's over there in Gahagan Fields, and I tell you what, it, it's historically been uh, the feeder program for not only Somerville, but they've thrown some kids at Fort. They've thrown some kids over to Ashley Ridge, and even Pinewood. I would imagine Pinewood's seen a few players come through that uh, as well here in the Dorchester County area. Uh, so before we get you out of here, uh, give you give us the opportunity to give yourself a plug. How do they find you if there's some questions? And uh, talk a little bit about what, where we stand with you guys right now, because I know everybody's on hold. Uh, how close are you guys watching this, and how much are you guys uh, kind of sitting back and trying to help anywhere you can? Um, with the virus you're talking about, with the with the COVID-19, um, yeah, for sure. Anything we can do, uh, we're like, yeah, we have to watch it unfold. As you know, we have we have a tackle spring league that we unfortunately had to cancel this year um, because of because of the goings on. But um, we other we also have. Uh, members of the community that are, are members of the club, and of course, if there's any way we can we can help, um, we'll do so. We have uh, some of our members work in the grocery business, and of course, they they do events not only with Sertoma but in their own personal um, businesses. Or, or how sometimes we merge those together. Um, our treasurer, for example, you know he, he he's a grocer. He works for a major grocery store. Uh, they had an event giving things away over the weekends. Uh, it, 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 it's important that we, we give back to the community in as many ways as we can, uh, especially with these times that we have now. You know, it, it's crazy. I, I told my kids I've never seen anything like this before, and, and it, it, it's, it's important that we all take some lessons away from this as well. As how do we help someone? How do we be a good neighbor? How do we be a good citizen in the community? Some of that is following the rules that our government's put in place, and some of that's giving back wherever we can, whether it be donations for for masks, for, for first responders, or for our doctors, or people that are really on the front line, or is it somehow volunteering in an event with our local church or other local organizations such as Sertoma to give back to the community? Those are important things and important lessons to learn. So um, we are watching uh, very carefully. It's going to be important to see how this comes out as we get into the summer and as we as we rotate into the into the fall months for sure. I think we all want this to kind of be out of here or as much as possible and get us back to, like you said in the beginning, what our new normal might look like. And I think we're all hoping that that new normal, of course, includes both youth and college and professional sports at, at, at all levels so that we can try to get back to some of our normal weekday and weekend activities. And, of course, we want to keep these kids occupied and, and keep teaching them the game of football. So we're watching it very closely. Um, if there's something we can do in the community to help out, please let us know. We'll be glad to help out any way we can. Well, I'm going to open the opportunity anytime. I know we've connected on social media. I, I do know some of the guys and girls that are a part of your program as well as yourself. You can direct message me, call me, or whatever you need to do to help get the word out about what you guys are doing as your season starts getting a little closer. Utilize this avenue. This is your platform. We're just fortunate enough to push the button to get it going and green. But we'd love to have you in here on a regular basis. Okay, we can definitely, uh, you know, we can figure out the day. It can be a Sonoma Sunday uh, segment. We'll call it that right off the rip, and we can recap the games from the week before. And uh, any uh, charity or any type of fundraising or anything you can do that we can help get the word out to get you guys a little bit more uh, opportunity to be heard because without the help of the community, it does make it hard for you guys to do what you do, and that's not just moms and dads. That's aunts and uncles and the neighbors down the street. So uh, I look forward to talking to the rest of your group here throughout the show, but uh, God bless you and your family. Happy Easter, and uh, you and I will definitely touch base this week again. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks for having me on today. And, uh, of course, uh, same to you. Happy Easter. hope you had a great day, and God bless as well. And I'll uh, talk to you next time. That you will, sir. Brian Vickers, he is the Satoma president. We had the president on the show here today. That's a big deal there, Eugene, as we're excited uh, 
uh, to see what all the fun things, and we continue to grow better. We continue to get better, and it's because of the great guests like there. Of course, Brian and Nas really is going to join us here next about 630. But, uh, you know, Eugene, this is, this is the big thing for us. We're excited about this. We're excited about the program to add and, and to be an official uh, voice for that, of course, of the Satoma League. It starts at the youth. Okay, it starts at the youth, and it works its way through the high school, through the college, and then if you're fortunate enough to make your way through the rest of the ranks. We got to go to break. We come back. I believe Mr. Nas Ridley's already on the phone, which is a good thing. We're going to keep this thing moving as quick and painless as possible through the breaks, guys, but we will be right back. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove that soothes the move romance give me a soft subtle mix and if it ain't broke then don't try to fix it and think of the summers of the past adjust the bass and let the alpine blast pop in my cd and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime Summertime. Been all day waxing, leave. 
leaning to the side, but you can't speed through two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. There's an air of love and of happiness, and this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellen alongside the coach, Eugene Benton here. We're ready for three solid hours. They already got 30 minutes under. It doesn't take long for that to happen there, Eugene. And, of course, says uh, we, we bring you in here. Great interview there by the president over there of the Satoma League. He talks about the new club sports that they have over there, some traveling teams with, of course, Fort Dorchester and Somerville. Uh, but Brian Vickers did a phenomenal job as he's now in his second time being the president, man. And I tell you what, when you, when you get elected for two years, and then you take a little break and you get to come back in two years. That's got to feel pretty good, right? Oh, man. And, I, you know, the thing is, is that what I liked about it is, is you know, developing the kids in the community and just the partnership community. And it wasn't just, you know, first, you know, and people like that. And definitely those folks and, and medical care providers need all the love and support they can get. You know, he just was talking about how, you know, to get the kids, get the folks, get the parents, get the community, just rally everybody together. And that was one of the things when uh, when I moved from Somerville that I kind of missed. Um, I love that hometown feel, man. And he was just really just going on about it. And uh, you know, he, he's a he's a pillar of that community, man. I, I, it's, it's so amazing to get people like that and doing what they do just for everybody, not just the kids that he puts together and the programs he puts together, but just the whole total community involvement, man. That's that's huge. No doubt about it. He's got a great group around him, and we will head over now, of course, to the Tent Farm Hotlines, and we'll welcome in uh, Mr. Nas Ridley. He coaches over at Satoma as well as uh, he is going to take on a new role, or at least a little bit bigger role. He's, of course, now uh, the club secretary, the program uh, director of Fort Dorchester Youth Program. And, Nas, without further ado, man, we welcome you to the show. You and I have been going back and forth, and, of course, I got to see you post for some camera action at the end of the uh, year last year with some metal, some hardware. I think you guys won the championship at your age group there. But, uh, man, talk to me, man. What's been going on in your world the last few months? Oh, man. Uh, number one, thank you for having me and definitely, um, you know, happy Easter. So, i tell you what, man, um, missing football, right? You know, being in the house yeah. and not being able to be out there with these kids right now. It's been relatively tough, but, you know, over the last year, you know, my part you know, in Sertoma, um, you know, serving as the secretary for the club. Also, I was the A-League commissioner last year. Also, I was a head coach of the Sertoma Outlaws for the B-League, which is our 11- and 12-year-olds. And, yes, we did go on to win the championship, you know, last year in that particular age group. And I also was a program director of the Red Storm travel team, which is now the Somerville Wave. And um, and I also was a head coach of the 12U Red Storm team last year. We had a lot of success, went seven and one in the regular season. So yeah, it, it's, it's been a lot. And this year actually is going to be a lot easier for me because we got Greg, who's going to be taking over. You know the Somerville Wave team right now. Really excited about that. And this is going to allow me more opportunity to really focus on just one program, and that's going to be you know the Fort Dorchester um, Patriots Youth Football Program. No doubt about it, not to mention he's a father, so he's got children, and 
I believe you're married as well. So you got that hat. You wear about 30 hats. So if you could take it down to 10, that's still better than the 30 that you had before. But Nas, when you, when you look at it, and I, and I can only imagine that Coach White, I believe, over at Fort Dorchester, he's a part of this program now as well, doing some things, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. And um, there's a lot of interest and a lot of energy uh, from that Fort Dorchester group, of course, led by Coach Steve Pratt over there, who's been doing a phenomenal job uh, in the region, over in the community, and on and off the field. Uh, just continues to do things, but you get to be a little bit closer to him now. You get to kind of get up under his wing or at least somewhere around him so that you can kind of figure out what is the dynamics, what is the formula, what is he expecting, because I'm expecting you, of course, to imitate very close to what they do there at that level down at this level, as you see a lot of times uh, in the JV to the varsity to the B team, right? I mean, talk to us a little bit about this transition and what do you think brought it out as you heard, of course, uh, your president, Brian, say, but You've been around a long time. You've been doing this for a little minute. How, how, what's the energy coming across Fort Dorchester? And we've seen their kids play. Now their younger brothers are ready to come out and play a little bit. So give us your energy vibe when it comes to creating this new chapter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the energy has really been amazing. I mean, um, there's a lot of excitement about this program being a part of Fort and this side of town. And, and it's powered by Sertoma, right, a reputable um, rec program that's been serving the community, what, almost 50 years now. And, you know, the Satoma reach is just not in Somerville. I think you said it earlier. We go from Fort to Ashley Ridge to Cane Bay, Pinewood, uh, you know, you name it, right? You know, we have a, a strong reach. So for the last two and a half years, Satoma has partnered with, you know, LaPrat, Coach LaPrat, and he's allowed a few of our teams, including myself, to actually practice over at the um, Fort Dorchester campus. And that's how that relationship, you know, really started. And it was a great partnership. And, you know, one day, you know, we were thinking about how can we expand, you, you know, our presence more in the North Charleston community and start a travel team in this particular area. So I met with Coach LaPrade and kind of shared our vision, our goal. And, you know, speaking with him, he had the same vision about wrapping our arms around the youth at a more earlier age teaching these kids really the fundamental of Fort Dorchester football championship culture, you know, building great work ethic and keeping these kids active in the community. So that's how that conversation pretty much really started. And, you know, I know Coach Dupre had other options, but he trusted Sertoma to really spearhead this for his school. And I think it's going to be a great thing. I'm 100% committed. He's committed. He made it quite clear, whatever we need, he's going to be there for us. But he also said, you know, he's a competitor that we will be the best in the area, so um, no pressure, right? But um, we're looking, really looking <laughs> forward to it. Um, you know, a lot of kids have already registered, you know, of course, um, you know, before COVID-19 hit, we was building a lot of momentum. You know, some of the coaches um, there, Tracy White is going to definitely be involved and, you know, have a presence out there, which kids are really excited about as well. So I think it's going to be something great, and, again, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. This is something we want to have around for decades, right? So when kids are six-year-old and their plans, they want to be a Patriot, they can join our program and go all the way up until they reach, you know, middle school and then B-team, JV, and varsity. And so that's kind of the idea that we have right now. But, again, a lot of excitement, a lot of great feedback about this particular program on this side of town. Yeah, anytime you can get Fort Dorchester in Somerville to size it up and anything. I mean, water polo, basket weaving, checkers. I mean, it doesn't matter. Spelling bees, it's going to get heated. So you put some football pads on, I can promise you there's going to be some uh, iron sharpening iron and some sparks flying. And that's just in the stands. We're not even talking about the football field. 
But, um, yeah, I'm excited about Tracy coming on board. Coach White is a five-star guy on and off the field. I'm excited about him getting a little bit more involved into the youth program. I think like you guys, and we keep saying here on the show, it starts at the youth level. I don't feel like they're always getting that, and not just in football, but in other sports, because by the time they come up to the varsity level, which I have a lot of hands-on with all the varsity football players in different schools, you just don't see it like you used to see it, like when you and I played. It's not a different game by no means. It hasn't changed at all. You're still tackling the guy with the ball or, or what have you, but it just seems like maybe the direction from certain individuals will come differently. But you guys, of course, uh, have been doing it the right way from what I can tell. My oldest son went through your program. My youngest son, actually Mason, was supposed to play in the uh, – I believe y'all were having a tackle league in the spring. Of course, it got canceled. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, yep. that was uh, – first it got canceled. He couldn't uh, be in the Sertoma Tackle League, and then he had tickets to go to WrestleMania, and they canceled that. So he's had a pretty rough spring. It hasn't <laughs> been a year for him <laughs> at nine years old. I but, can imagine. Let me ask you this, though. With Nas, when you look at this big picture of things, is this something that comes, though? You mentioned, of course, uh, you know, Ashley Ridge. I didn't, we don't have anything for them on the docket with you guys yet. You mentioned, of course, uh, Kane Bay. What about Stratford and Goose Creek and, and making this more of a, a club thing at the youth level to where they can play each other with the same uniforms that they would had they been in high school? Well, you know what? There's endless possibilities. And actually right now, and, you know, just for, to provide, uh, you know, some, you know, a background in regards to the the Wave and also the Fort Dorchester Youth Patriots, you know, we're going to be playing in the United Youth Football League, right? We're going to play in Skype the South Carolina Youth Football Alliance. I believe two and a half years ago, uh, you you brought up the word Skype. A lot of people want to know what what is Skype. Right now, it's becoming a household name. It's probably one of probably the biggest travel program in the whole state of South Carolina. And believe it or not, um, a lot of the local schools now do have programs. Uh, you know, Goose Creek, there, there's a program out there. We have a team in Monk's Corner. Uh, we have a few teams out in Latson. You know, um, Woodland has a team already. And so these mm-hmm. teams are pretty much working with some of the local high schools currently already. So I believe there's a total of 14 teams that's already um, in the Skyfall program in the SEC. So this is really going to be a, a pretty big deal. And, again, it was another reason why, you know, Satoma, we've always had a great presence in, in Somerville, but I, we felt like there was an opportunity to partner with, you know, the Fort Dorchester people and the coaches and the leadership staff there to kind of branch our wings and add something to, to, to this side of town. So, But it's already pretty much a big deal. And a lot of the schools that you've already named have a local travel team that we're actually going to be playing against right now. So. It's going to That's be a amazing. pretty big deal, um, big deal here in the Low Country area. And even though you see all these travel teams, right, and what we're doing, you know, we're not going to lose sight of, of what's important, right? And that's our rec program, right? Right now, our registrations mm-hmm. are open uh, for the rec program over there in Somerville, Satoma. So parents can sign up early as five years old, playing tackle football up to 12. Because, you know, when it comes to travel, it's a little bit more competitive. Um, more of the kids are somewhat more advanced. So, but there's always an opportunity for kids to play, whether it's rec or travel. One thing Satoma wants to do is have something for all kids, regardless of athletic skills or abilities. There's a place to play with Satoma. No doubt about it. You actually hit something that was on my notes here. And, and the concerns that I have, if you've, you've watched, of course, basketball started this whole travel ball thing, if you, if you ask me. Uh, where you started seeing these young men break away from the, the local leagues there, the, high, the, the, uh, the rec centers, right? And all of a sudden you see them uh, traveling around in, in mega teams, and then baseball has now found their avenue. Now here we go with football. I've seen it more effective probably in the baseball fields 
One of those would be across the street from you guys. Some of the little league where the kids just mm-hmm. aren't playing both sports as much. But I don't disregard that because I think that you need to be careful not playing too much of one sport or too much of any sport because you wear your body out. Um, so I appreciate you guys putting some focus and energy, making sure that you still maintain that local level presence while we're still trying to spread out, let people know, hey, we got some ballers here, whether you're on the hardwood, on the baseball fields, or on the football fields. Uh, with all of that being said, uh, let's talk a little bit more about, of course, uh, how do they find you guys if there's a parent right now and they want to get some information? What's the website that they need to get to? And I would imagine everything's virtual, so there is no one-on-one contact. But how do they get a hold of you guys? Well, right now they can definitely go on Facebook, on Instagram. It's FD Patriots Youth Football. Again, FD Patriots Youth Football. You know, definitely like us or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Right now, um, parents can register their kids actually for free on the Fort Dorchester Youth Patriots website. Just go to www.fdpatriotsyouthfootball.com. Again, that's fdpatriotsyouthfootball.com. You know, before COVID-19 kind of, you know, disrupted our lives, you know, we had plans in place to provide free workouts, trainings, and camps over at Fort Dorchester. And, of course, to be a part of that, you had to register your kid. Um, so, but we still have registrations open right now. Hopefully, if all the stars align, uh, hopefully we can get back out there sometime in May, if not June. But all in all, we definitely want to drive people to our website. That's where we're going to post a lot of our information. And again, also to our social media pages as well. Well, brother, you and I have been going back and forth. Like I said, I was there when you got to win that trophy and take those those pictures. I believe it was in November. Of course, I saw your kids and the family and everybody there, your team. That's the right. Outlaws getting all that hardware, man. And uh, actually, you know, it's interesting because as I was sitting there, uh, it was the first time I had ran into this young man who, uh, Jarrell King, uh, was there as well. I don't know if you remember, Jarrell was there. And uh, he and I actually been going back and forth about getting some stuff together too. So, you know, it, it's that fraternity, yet sorority, if you will, the original fraternity and sorority is called sports. Athletes, of course, have been doing this for a long time, and it's amazing. And I tell our young kids from Somerville to Fort Dorchester to anywhere that they listen around the country that, look, the bond that you build on this team or any team is something that you'll keep with you for the rest of your life. These are friendships that you make that down the road, trust and believe me. I can remember guys that I played football against. I was six, seven years old as well. So uh, for what you do, the sacrifice that you make, uh, Nas, away from your family and your kids, because you can't coach them all, all the time at least, and you coach a lot of everybody else's kids all the time. I appreciate you. Uh, you're always welcomed on the show. Maybe I'll get you to host it with me uh, one week or something like that, and Eugene's got something to do. But I want you to know that if there's ever an announcement to be made or some information to get out, please don't hesitate to come in here and give us a shout, and let's get that stuff out here. Will do. And, again, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, really appreciate what you guys are doing as well. It's very big. And, um, again, I look forward to continued partnership. So thank you for having me. No doubt about it. God bless. Take care of your family. Happy Easter, friend. All right, man. You be easy. Thank you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. He, of course, is uh, running the fourth. And at least at that group over there, he is the youth program director. That is Nas Ridley. Nas is a winner, by the way, Eugene. This guy does it big, man. I'm telling you. Uh, you can just tell, by the way, you know, he walked across that football field. You're thinking, yeah, that dude didn't come for second. That dude came for keeps, man. And he's he's going to do what he's got to do to get it done. And uh, his kids maintain. Uh, you know, I watched the, the Outlaws uh, as his team. They had some killer uniforms. I want to say they looked like the XFL, man. It was impressive. But not just how his kids played on the field, Eugene. It was as much as how his kids handled themselves on the sidelines and how they handled themselves 
elsewhere because I believe in the game that I went to, it, it didn't happen that way on the other side, and it made a, a long day for, for the other team because, you know, it, it just didn't go their way. But, uh, you know, cooler hills provided, and next thing you know, here we go with, uh, with, with that. Eugene, uh, your thoughts as you sat back, and I know you, you're working the social media outlet while we have these guests on, but, you know, what did you take out of Nas coming in here? And, of course, you hear that energy he's got, man, and he has that same energy day in and day out on that football field. Man, that guy's ready to roll. Don't, I don't know who you are or whose kid's interested in playing, but, man, that sounds like <laughs> a guy you want to play for. That's that's a yeah. hype man who's also the coach and the program director and everything else, man. He seems like one that you want to put some pads on the helmet on and maybe run through a wall for that guy. I mean, he's a, <laughs> a guy. I, you know, I don't know what he looks like, but I'm picturing some 6'2", 250 linebacker type, man. This <laughs> is <laughs> boy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe he should call back and we should uh maybe he could call back in and we'll get him to do his height and weight like we did a big sea buck last hey, week. Hey, I tell you man. what, but, hold on, I'm gonna bring him back in. Nah, you still on the phone with his buddy? Yeah, yeah I am, and I'm I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I thought you figured out that man, too, right? I, Please, do me a favor. I'm not going to spill the beans, man. Give them your height, your weight, and, and, and just kind of break yourself down like we get these athletes to come on here, man. All right. So, listen, on, on, on a good day, depending on the shoes I'm wearing, I'm about 5'7". <laughs> about, about 210 pounds. Okay. Napoleon. We'll just call him Napoleon from now on. <laughs> You had him picked up like he's the rock getting ready to come over here and lay the smack down. But now, the, yeah. his, now his mannerism, his mannerisms on the sideline is about seven foot seven. He looks like his attitude is like Jarrell King. But <laughs> yeah, man, I love it, man. All right. I, I'm glad you That's stayed funny. on the line, man. But I, I wanted you to get that out there because your team had you pegged so wrong. But again, yeah, don't judge did. a book by its cover because if Absolutely. you start reading that Absolutely. book, you'll see a lot of trophies that come out of it. That's for sure. All right, man, I'm gone, brother. See y'all later, man. <laughs> All right, buddy. Be safe. God bless. All right. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to keep you in here with me, man. We'll just hang tight for about 6.57, uh, you know, here on, on the show. And, of course, 7 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Greg Kelsler. He is the program director for the Somerville Greenway. That's right. We're going to head to the other side of uh, the Ville, Somerville zone. I know he's going to be practicing at Somerville over there on the uh, field behind the high school uh, Coach Rutherford, the athletic director there, of course, already told me a little bit more about it. I know a little bit more about the Somerville chapter than I do, of course, the Fort chapter. Uh, and, and, of course, there's not – the goal is the same for both, I understand, and the direction that they go will be similar, but I know that their their angles are going to be different. They're going to have different coaches. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, some inner battling here. And, you know, we are going to show up on some Saturdays. We're going to show up – at least I, I will be able to show up. Um, actually, you can too, because yeah, you're going to be a little bit more available. So we'll we'll get into some of that as well. But um, you know, it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll get some excitement going uh, here, and uh, and hopefully getting here uh, with Greg around seven o'clock here. But you know, you, you just hear the energy, you know. And and right now with with you know COVID nineteen going on, and and people consistently come at me and say, well, it, there's no sports going on. Trust me, there's a lot of sports going on. Okay. Right now, it's behind closed doors. You know, like the draft is going to be different. Graduation in high schools are going to be different. You already saw the news where South Carolina State, you're in South Carolina, the University of South Carolina, Clemson. It looks like they're going to be doing virtual uh, graduations, which is not cool. But you know what? I get it. You, you, you get that piece of paper and keep it moving. I understand it. It's, it's not what you would want, but it's just what you got to deal with. 
and, and just we'll just keep it moving. But yeah, to get these guys in here one by one in ladies, because we will finish uh, with the ladies uh, here with the uh, cheerleading squad, and of course the cheerleading director will join us, uh, Katrina Parsons, who um, her son actually plays for Somerville. He's one of our football players over Somerville, so uh, it'll be fun to get her in here with me as well. I've had a chance to talk to her, of course, uh, in and around the school as well, and uh, just excited to hear about the girls. What are the ladies doing? You know, again, we want to make sure that we give an even opportunity for everybody involved in the sports world. So, um, Eugene, when you look at this kind of stuff, and I was excited. When he started telling me they've got like 15, 16, 17 schools that can play each other, man, that's awesome. You know, we could actually highlight if they could somehow figure a way, you know, we could kind of rotate that thing on a Saturday and do a three-hour you know, play-by-play here, and that would be good for you. That would give you an opportunity because I don't know if you've got a whole lot of play-by-play under you, but this would give you some color commentating opportunities as well. But uh, I love to see it, man. And while I'm not 100% against some of these weird, crazy Mortal Kombat-looking uniforms, well, I sure miss the Redskins and the Cowboys and the Eagle uniforms back in the day when I grew up, man. I just – I mean, it, it's almost like watching a video game with some of these kids that come out. And, again, I get they're trying to accommodate the youth, man, but there's something about tradition. It just means something. So when I heard that Satoma was going to bring a green wave and a Fort Chester uniform out, can't wait, man. Yeah, definitely. That's a game that uh, I could see us covering, either that or, you know, maybe a championship game or some of the big rival games. You know, I, I think it would be a good appeal for the kids and for the families and everybody else. Maybe some kids in the area have grandparents and other family, you know, who, who don't live here or who can't travel or whatnot. It would be a good chance for them to listen in and maybe hear their uh, – their uh, family member's name called on the radio and, um, you know, be a part of the whole uh, Southern Sports Central and the Factory Network and just, um, you know, be a good experience for everybody. No, it's going to be a huge. I mean, think about the grandparents, the family members who don't live here. And that's one thing when I do the Somerville broadcast, I try to learn not just what Somerville's got going on. I've gone to Fort Dorchester. I've gone to Goose Creek. I've gone to these other schools because my job is to know as much about that individual, no matter the jersey he has on, because grandma might be listening for the first time, or maybe that's going to be the last time they get to hear their sons, grandsons, or whoever's name on the radio. Who knows what college coach might just have picked it up and said, oh, let's listen to football on the radio. Uh, I can tell you when Somerville went to Fort Dorchester and beat them in double overtime, uh, the voice of the Horn Frogs from TCU actually was listening to that broadcast and sent me a direct text about, how just animated I was and how he felt like he was in the stands and how he felt like he could really visualize uh, the game. And we take this, and for a lot of people think, man, I'll go up there and grab a microphone. I can talk sports. I can do the play-by-play. Trust and believe me. Baseball, yes. I think minus most people can do some baseball because it's a little bit slower. It's almost like a Sunday cruise in the, in the old Cadillac. That's not the case in a football game. You're sitting there in the stealth, man, and you're rolling down five at about a million miles an hour, and it's all happening right in front of you. And you can't allow your emotions to carry you too high, and you can't go too low. And there's no such thing as dead space because when you start getting silent, people start getting, well, unamused, and then you lose them. So there's always uh, some fun things that are happening there. But we are excited uh, to get in here and partner up with the Satoma team and the, the, the league. And you and I actually are going to spend some time together up there on Saturdays and maybe some Tuesdays and Thursdays because they do play on Tuesday and Thursday. So it may work out that we can actually do a show. We might not do the game, but we may sit in the corner and, and have a show and a call-in and, and, and things like that. So it should be a lot of fun, Eugene. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, one thing I was thinking about, too, is these kids start playing together. When you get to high school, you know, uh, a Somerville and the Fort D, they play in the B teams and JV and Borsi. So they played against each other for four years. 
Now you're talking about building these rivalries for six years. These games on Friday night, senior year, these kids have been playing against the other squad for six years. Well, I think there's going to be some uh, some hype and some interest in that in those games big time. And but you know even 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 the younger leagues and this youth league, man, I think I think it's going to be exciting because you know a lot of kids when you play for a, a rec league, there's a, a and no no disrespect to sponsors, man, they are they provide and they sponsor the youth leagues and keep them rolling. But when you got the town on your jersey, when you're wearing the town on your chest or on your back, you're representing where you're from. I think that's going to be huge, man. I think that's going to fuel these rivalries. I think it's going to be passionate. I think these kids are going to come to play, and they're going to knock heads. And uh, hopefully it be some, you know, sounds like these guys run very good, clean, and respectful programs, and they teach uh, sportsmanship. So I think it's just going to be some great, great football. But like I said, when you got the town on your chest or on your back or that S on your chest or the, or the Patriot on your helmet, I think that's going to be hype, right. man. I think it's going to be lit. It's going to be a great job. It's going to be a great, uh, I would say, uh, two, three hours of, of good, solid football per game and per per deal. And I love the fact that they went in and got Coach White out of Fort Dorchester. I'm looking forward at the top of the hour. We've already got him on hold. He's going to come up next here. Of course, he is uh, the director for the Somerville Green Wave team over there. Greg Kessler is going to be joining us here at the top of the hour. Uh, but, but like you said, here's the thing, and I've said this a lot of times when Ashley Ridge plays Somerville or Fort Dorchester plays Somerville or even – Sometimes if they've played Cade Bay or sometimes when they play, of course, that of Woodland now because now Somerville's got this at home and home at home uh, game that they had last year. They went to Woodland. This year Woodland comes to Somerville. And I said, you know, what's funny is a lot of these kids played on Satoma together. They were on the same teams together. They're best of buddies. But during those three or four hours when they're playing on that Friday night, it's anything but that. And uh, well, that's just being competitive. That's, that's the part and the fun part that you deal with. So we do need to take a break. And hour one is done. Man, it didn't take long to get – Mr. Brian Vickers, the Satoma president, in here with us to talk to us about the vision from the president's uh, penthouse all the way down to Mr. Nas Ridley and all the trophies that he's got over there at his house. But he is the, uh, of course, Satoma Club secretary and the program director for the Fort Worchester Youth Program. So uh, a lot of fun and a lot more fun coming your way next as you're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio, as well as, of course, Southern Sports Central on Facebook. We'll be right back, guys. In a fancy bar I'm a little more sitting up high on the road Than a little old car I'm a little more bust your back And take it for free And that's how I'll always be I'm a little more lose my temper Than to sit on back I'm a little more old Hank Williams Than that trendy crap the flat foot old front porch made of an old old tree that's how I'll always be I'll always be a fan of old stray dogs and guitars playing wondering churches back road walking front porch swinging the sunset skies fun by night I love the simple thing that's how Say I live a little like two handlers. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Hellman here alongside Coach Eugene Benton. Of course, he is the special teams coach over at Oceanside Academy over there with the Sharks. And uh, we are excited to have him a part of our team here as he's going to join us on a regular basis. He'll be around with us at least uh, for the spring and then the summer. And then who knows? Holy God knows. Well, maybe a few more. But we do know this. We're excited to have him in here with us. And, uh, of course, uh, we would not be able to do this without our buddies over at the factory, located over there at 5913 Loftus Road in Hanahan, South Carolina. This is the official studios of the factory. And, of course, not only does the factory want to get you physically fit, they need to get you spiritually fit and mentally fit. We're going to help that all out along the way. We have the same vision. We're just going to get you there in different ways. And, of course, we're just going to try to do everything we can do to get you prepared, ready for the next level. So not only are we going to get you ready for the physical side, the mental side, the radio side, the social media side, but we're also going to meet together and meet some of you up there, of course, at the factory, and we'll talk to you about what it takes to get it to college. Of course, you got to start off by getting, you know, your clearinghouse uh, letter taken care of. Then you got to make sure, of course, well, you always got to make sure your grades are in check. And there's a lot of things other than just showing up at college on the first day, getting the football and going to work, or the baseball, the softball, the track, whatever it is, we'll help you. And, of course, we've made that commitment to work with those fine young fellas and ladies over there at the factory and uh, help you, well, any way we possibly can. So without further ado, we got another one hanging out with us here. Is Of course, this has been a Satoma Strong show early, and we'll have it here as well in hour number two as we're now joined by the Somerville side of the things. Of course, without further ado, I bring in Mr. Greg Kessler. He is the program director for the Somerville Green Wave. And, man, uh, we're glad to have you on as well. I'm sure I'm going to see you a good bit as well with you practicing deer boys over there at Somerville, if I'm not mistaken. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, Rich. Happy Easter, and uh, thanks for having me on. No doubt, man. So how's the family? Let's get into some of this COVID-19, and uh, I would imagine you have some small kids yourself, so you're probably a principal on, on top of being the on top of being the uh, director of Somerville Green Wave, but uh, how's the family coping with all these changes and, and some of the new things that we call today's new world? Yeah, I think the uh, the person that's getting the worst part of it is the wife because, you know, she's a she's now a uh, school teacher and, you know, everything she's having to do, I, I try to help her out as much. I got I got three boys and, uh, you know, a daughter. So, you know, we definitely got our hands full. My daughter's in college and, you know, my other boy, uh, my oldest one, he goes to Somerville. And then uh, my two younger ones, they both go to Pinewood. So yeah, they're gotcha. they're they're not enjoying their uh, constant homework too much. <laughs> Let me ask you this, and this is kind of different. Before we get into this, the one, two of your young ones go to Pinewood. And that's a different school here in Somerville, and of course, you just mentioned your son goes to Somerville. Is, is the criteria different that's coming in from the, the 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 Pinewood teachers rather than what you're seeing from the Somerville? Kind of give a comparison there, because. I've, I've thought about this the other day. I was thinking, I wonder if the private schools are doing it differently than what you're seeing at some of our public schools. Well, um, actually, the they, they actually call it upper and lower. So your upper mm-hmm. is, you know, your your basically like your high school, um, and then your your lower. It, I think it cuts off at like seventh grade. So my nine, my eight year old boy, he's in third grade, and his his schoolwork was given to him in a packet. Uh, the teacher brought it, dropped it off, and so now everything that he does with his workbooks or whatever, she's able to view it online uh, via, you know, taking a scan or taking a picture. My older son, he's 14, ninth grade, and he's doing everything basically online. My 
oldest son, he's a uh, senior, and he also does everything online. So that that side of it, I, I would say, is very comparable. Um, and right. I, you know, of course, I don't have anything to compare it to for the the younger one. Man, so the senior comes in nine eleven, right? I mean, he gets to face something that we never thought we'd see, and he's going to graduate with ultra something that we thought we'd never see. Uh, how's the mindset over there? I, I know they haven't officially said anything with uh, closures for the rest of the year, but when you start seeing the University of South Carolina and, and Clemson and South Carolina State going to virtual graduation, uh, you know, it, it's definitely looking like you guys might be building a stage in the backyard and, and building something for him to walk across. Uh, uh, and, again, I know this is a sports show, but we're a family show as well. You know, how's his mindset knowing that this senior year is going to be it's definitely been a different one. We never thought that you always say, you know, play it like it's your last one, but boy, did they know that last Friday they went to school, that they wouldn't be coming back that Monday. Yes. I mean, it's certainly a disappointment. Uh, You know, the senior trip, uh, they were supposed to go to Disney. So, you know, and that's something that, you know, no one can ever get back. Um, Right. So it's, it's definitely, you know, it's very sad and it it is disappointing. Um, You know, he's got a good spirit. So um, he's definitely, understanding what's going on and Somerville, um, you know, they've, they've been great. Uh, the guidance counselors the teachers, um, and contacting us and, you know, walking through things. And, uh, I think they're still aiming for something that, you know, I, I believe that they're still like my son was talking about, uh, how does he, um, ask a girl out for prom, you know, during, <laughs> during this time. So, you know, those thoughts are still there and, you know, hopefully, you know, these, you know, things are lifted and, you know, we can at least get back to some of the normal things that we used to do from the tradition. No doubt about it. Cause you, you talk about their senior trip prom, it, it's going to be hard for them to do, uh, you know, the athletes, we'll get now into the athletic conversation with you, uh, Greg, but, but even athletes, and I had a conversation yesterday with an athletic trainer around the area and he and I were having that conversation about, Hey, look, even if they let these kids come back to play sports, it's a three-week preparation. I mean, or you can let them hurry up and get in there, and then the training rooms will be loaded full of cramps and issues and pains and things that aren't ready. Because these kids, I can promise you, 90%, we'll even say 80, I'll give 10 more percent in there, are, are, are sitting around uh, and not doing much of anything. And that's why I try to challenge them on social media when I go at different schools and say, hey, look, I'm running the bridge. Hey, I'm running in town. I'm pushing up. I'm doing squats. What are you doing? And, and I get a lot of guys' feedback, and, and it's definitely a good challenge. But, you know, it, it is a shame that this is going to probably be a very different conversation, you know, if it – and, again, I would find it hard to believe that they do come back. Uh, but that being said, uh, the one thing we are looking forward to coming back is football. Now, that also could look a little different, but we'll talk about that on another opportunity, uh, Greg. But how did you get involved in taking over this Somerville program over there, running this Green Wave um, you know, as a director in the league over there. And, of course, I know your connections with, of course, Coach Rutherford and, and a few others over there. Uh, but but talk about the green wave. You know the standard high, just like at Fort Dorchester, but we talked about those guys in the last hour. Now it's some of those turns. Uh, expectations are always high, no matter who's running the ship. It's always win that championship, win that big game. But give us your breakdown of what you expect to see out of this league, out of some of them. Well, being my first year program director, uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely holding myself to a high standard. Uh, I do operate my own business, and so th- I do I am bringing some of that business sense into the program, and I'm going to apply you know as m- much knowledge and and education that I can to to the program, 
and just school hard knocks things that I've that I've learned because I've been in my profession for over 20 years. When it comes to coaching, I've been doing it for about seven, uh, assistant coaching and head coaching. And last year, we were with the Red Storm, and I coached the 8U Outlaws. And we were approached at the beginning of the season. Um, the 8U had had some low numbers, and so we basically uh, filled some, you know, thankfully parents and players that – uh, stepped up and allowed us to participate in that program. Um, my boys, uh, we do, you know, multiple sports. My eight-year-old, for example, he he plays baseball. Uh, we wrestle in the winter and, you know, of course, play football in the fall. And, you know, that way there's always some type of conditioning going on. And it, it definitely um, – adds to his skills in any sport that he's doing, whether, you know, football adds to wrestling, wrestling adds to football, adds to, you know, football adds to baseball. And so basically the, uh, a lot of uh, guys through, you know, coaches that I've known, uh, I've known the Sertoma guys for a long time. And the Sertoma club is just absolutely phenomenal. I grew up in Somerville. You know, I've always been around the Sertoma Club, um, you know, had a ton of friends that played for them. And so it's just it's just a phenomenal program. And I've always gotten really good feedback from a lot of my parents. Um, you know, for example, uh, the AU team that I coached last year, we're moving up to 10U uh, this year for Somerville Wave. And... I think I have, uh, I want to say a large percentage, uh, at least over 75% of the kids are coming back. All my coaches are all coaching for me, um, you know, and, you know, nobody's jump ship or anything like that. And and, and that's kind of what I look at as a testament of, of the character that, that I have and that I bring, you know, that because um, I, I try to emphasize more than anything the kids, you know, building them, developing them, um, whether it's skills, uh, you know, it's like my brother used to say, you know, we're we're not raising kids, we're raising adults. And, and that's something that, that I like to focus on, you know, tremendously throughout, throughout the program. And whether it's an eight year old or, you know, a rising 12 year old. No doubt about it right now, live with the director of the Somerville Green Wave, Greg Kessler, who joins us, of course, here in the Somerville area. He owns his own business. We're going to give you an opportunity before I get you out here in a couple of minutes to give your business a plug. And uh, anytime, you know, we can get a local guy in here that has a local business. That's what we're about, to help promote local, live local, buy local, support local, and that's what we're here for as well. Uh, that being said, uh, for you, I know you guys were kind of getting things together. There was conversations uh, around, and I love the fact that you keep your kids running three sports. I grew up, you grew up. Uh, Eugene grew up all playing three sports, so, you know, whether it be football, basketball, and baseball. Wrestling is huge. Coach Tuck and I are actually really good friends. He's the wrestling coach of the year, yeah, by the way, in the region. Guy. It should be in the state, right? I mean, he runs a tight ship, and, you know, he might not be the tallest guy either, but I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't want to go up <laughs> against him because he could – he yeah, wouldn't be a good move. And his guys in wrestling, as far as that's concerned, and his guys are first class, so I'm excited to have those guys on the show as well. But – um, I guess for you, what, what, where we stand with you guys and, and what's the way if a parent's listening here in Somerville and they want to get their kid involved uh, in your program with you, get in touch with you, what do they need to do? 
just go to SomervilleWave.com. Um, you know, one of the things I would like to mention, uh, registration is free. Uh, you can either register for – go ahead and register for the camp, or, you you know, we're going to do some training programs as soon as, you know, all this stuff is lifted. Or you can go ahead and register for the team. Um, it's it's free. There's no cost right now. And what that does, it gives us your information. Uh, it gives the players information, and we can see, you know, what kind of numbers we got. And also, when we do go to start the camps, when we do go to start tryouts, training, whatever it may be, it allows us to streamline and get that information out pretty much right away. Uh, and right. that is something that is a very, very useful tool. Um, you know, that, that, you know, it's really important to be able to go to that. We also have a Facebook page, you know, um, for Somerville Wave. And, you know, there's going to, there's posts on there. Uh, we plan on doing some more videos. We're, you know, just still starting that up and adding some more information in on there that they don't necessarily have to go through the website. You know, a lot of people like that social media. And it's a very useful tool to uh, able to see also who the coaches are and, and, you know, what we're all about. No doubt about it, and I appreciate what you do. And I'm going to tell you, like I told Nas just moments ago, uh, in hour number one, if anything you need to get out, anything you need to say, you know my number. I've texted you, of course, just moments ago. Uh, you shoot me whatever you need to send me, and, and I'll either read it on the air, I'll bring you on the air. Uh, and, and I believe we're all going to start to build a beautiful relationship here together to help promote the youth because you're right. You're teaching young men to be grown men, right? And, and I think that's one thing that – uh, Coach Pratt does a great job over at Fort Dorchester. I, I've heard him. Uh, he's a no-tolerance kind of guy. You know, he's very firm. He loves his boys, but he expects the most out of those boys. And then, of course, Joe Call was there at Somerville, and he would always end the conversation with, uh, go home and love your mama. You know, we're very much like a Dabo Sweeney kind of coach, and it worked because the kids would play for him. And now, of course, uh, you know, new coach coming in Somerville. Let me ask you this real quick. Uh, have you had a chance to talk to Coach Rafferty uh, or, or do you are you aware of, of who he is, or, or what's your connection there, and how much do you look to lean on him to kind of direct your program to where it needs to go to become a green wave in the later years of these young men's life? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm aware with the uh, reputation and you know the history he has with Somerville and you know advancing to the NFL. Um, you know, it's a tremendous, uh, tremendous athlete, and you know definitely brings that pride you know to to Somerville Greenway, and, you know, we look forward to working alongside of him uh, to, you know, hopefully take these kids and grow them into something that is going to be productive, not only for Somerville, but also uh, for our community and uh, enabling them to grow their future um, because athletics, you know, whether it's a sponsorship or, or just the – just the environment that you're in, um, it just does tremendous things for the youth, uh, you know, and I, I speak personally, um, you know, that's why I have such a passion for the sport is because it basically pulled me, you know, out of a lot of bad situations growing up and, you know, it, it highlighted, you know, a lot of things for me. So, yeah, Mr. Rafferty, uh, you know, getting together with him, um, you know, it's definitely something that I feel would be very beneficial um, you know, going into the future for Somerville. And I also hope that when they allow these young kids and maybe kind of focus these young men uh, on the football team, on the varsity level, is to come down and, and maybe hang out with you guys, but definitely get over to those fields, 
you know, and, and, and be on the sidelines because while you and I have an effect on them by different directions and certain things, and, and it's the amazement that they look at those guys on the, on the varsity football teams from Fort Worcester to Summerfield. I remember when I was growing up, I would see those guys and thinking, man, I can't wait to wear that jersey. You know, they look up to these young kids. And some of these guys are their brothers. You know, they got little brothers that are going to be on yep. those teams. Uh, you know, you mentioned you got a local business here. Uh, what do you got, man? What's going on over there with you, and uh, what can we do to help you? Yeah, Rich, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, the name of my company is Kessler Plumbing LLC, and, uh, you know, we're just a small uh, local plumbing company, and we basically do all all plumbing, residential, commercial, uh, top to bottom, whether it's a small repair or, you know, if you're building a million-dollar home, um, you know, we, we do custom work, uh, you name it. And I definitely appreciate that. And, you know, just everyone that's listening, you know, please go to SomervilleWave.com. Uh, be sure to register, like I said, get us that information so that way, you know, um, you know what, your contact information so that way when we send out this, uh, whatever updates we may have, whatever information we have, we can send it directly to you. You don't have to find out from your neighbor that, oh, hey, they're doing a camp over here. And right. all of our home games will be at Gahagan Field. And, you know, we're, you know, we're super excited for, you know, Somerville and we're super excited to be a part of uh, Sertoma Club, and I mean, it's just a super great organization, and one of the things that people need to understand, too, is we're all volunteers. Um, you know, mm. we're not getting anything out of this but the gratitude for, you know, what, um, you know, what we see in these kids. They come up, uh, I can't, you know, especially doing the, the Bantam League where it's, you know, six-year-olds and seven-year-olds, they never, they never tackled anybody in their life. They're, they're, they're they're scared to hug people, and by the end of the season, I mean these kids are just little monsters. Just they'll they'll take your head off, and I mean it's just it's phenomenal being able to see something that small with that much power coming out of their shell, and you know right. just having that confidence and seeing them years later and they come up and shake your hand. It's just super awesome. I tell you, it's fun to watch these kids, watch them grow from who they were to who they are. I get a chance to do that in Somerville, being the play-by-play guy there on Friday nights, and I've watched. Jonathan Bennett's come in and starting as a young kid and graduating, you know, there. But about November of his senior year, he took his helmet off, and all of a sudden he became a grown man. It's like watching the movie Big for us who remember that TV show Big. Uh, it, it was amazing yeah. to watch. But you guys develop them on and off the field. I God bless you, your family. You know, I've got four kids as well, so I can I can understand. I can understand what you go through there. Uh, and, and thank you for your business. We're going to be plugging it, and I'll get with you off the air on some things as well. Um, I don't know if you get a discount on toilet paper being the plumber, man. I hope that you got a deal cut with Charmin or somebody. Where I, uh, I hope. I wish. We're, <laughs> we're struggling discount, to find it just does. like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless you, man. Take care, and uh, we're here for you. I'll catch up with you here in the next few off the air, buddy. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Rich, and thank you, Gene. All right, there you guys. It is, of course, uh, Mr. Greg Kessler. He's the program director for the Somerville Green Wave. We're going to stay on the air because now – we're going to head to the, uh, well, to the cheerleading side of life. Without further ado, I bring in uh, the lady who runs it from head to toe and all around. That is Katrina Parsons. She is the Satoma Club cheer director. Uh, Katrina, thanks uh, for hanging out with us on a Sunday evening. I know you've got uh, some children as well, and you probably have to teach tomorrow. If, if not, I'm not sure. But that being said, welcome to Southern Sports Central. Hi, am I on? Like, I'm not sure if this works you're, or not. Nope, you're on. You're, you're as live like, as oh, I can good. be. Oh, <laughs> good. Yes, hey, how are y'all? Yeah. 
We're great. We're great. And I was telling the story earlier before you got in here. I said, well, I know you got you got one young man that, of course, is uh, is a football player at Somerville. So this is kind of neat for you. He's also a wrestler. I get it. And I think he's played soccer in his past as well. Uh, but you've got a young lady that, 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 that does cheerleading, you know, and I believe it's become quite the sport. You ever want to make a cheerleading table at uh, any place in America mad? Lean over and tell them it's not a sport. And you will see a bunch of nine to fifteen year old girls oh, come at yeah. you like it was the worst thing you could have ever told them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So talk so to my me about son, this, the yeah. cheering. Yeah, so um a few years ago, I guess about four years ago, I decided to volunteer as a coach when they needed coaches. Um, and just kinda get my feet wet because Amelia, my daughter, you know, she was a baby then. Um, and I definitely knew I wanted her to cheer. So I kind of wanted to get back into the world a little bit of it. Um, so I volunteered as coach for about three years. And mm-hmm. when Kim and Dana were stepping down, they needed a director to take over. Um, so then I stepped up. And they um, invited me to a board meeting, and here I am. Um, so I'm super excited. Um, last year was my first year doing it with Sertoma. Um, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... I think I was a bit organized the way that I wanted to be. There's definitely room for improvement. Um, but, yeah, I'm super excited. My daughter loves it. I'm doing it for her and all the other little girls. I want to come out there and cheer for Rex. Um, pretty much like about it. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're the, the longest-running recreational cheerleading in, you know, the area. Um, I did not actually cheer for Shatoma growing up, um, but I know a lot of our moms did. Right. Um, well, there's a lot of history here in the Low Country, here in Charleston, Somerville, if you will, directly. Because uh, I believe you actually grew up on the other side of the interstate, towards the Stratford side. So this is a little more Dorchester side for you, right? So yeah. that being said, you know, and again, I get it as far as the girls go, and I and I remember, you know, I've been where my son, my oldest son Jacob's played at this level, and 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 I've go, I usually go to about twelve to fifteen games throughout the year, from the front field to the back field. And it's always interesting at halftime to watch these girls. It's like kind of rounding cats up, if you were, or maybe, you know, as you're trying to put them all in place. And it's, it's, it's a lot of work for you ladies. And you have to rely on the moms that are on the team, of course. You need their help as well because, like, the, of course, Greg just mentioned, Nas mentioned, it is a, a, a huge um, – where you guys lean on, on parents to come from the stands a lot of times so to help you out. Yeah. Right. How, how much do you get a part, part of that, and, and how can we help you, Katrina, get more attention, more help with the cheerleading squad? Because I think I know the football gets that, but you guys play a major role, and, and these kids look excited when they look over and they see their cheerleaders are there. They play a little harder, they get a little more excited, and they feel like it's more of a football game. Definitely, um, the cheerleaders definitely hype up the game a lot. Um, it's really just volunteer. I mean, everything's volunteer based. Like we need parents to step up. Um, I definitely last year, and I told all of my parents, like, anything, if you step up, like, I am there for you. Like, I will 110%, like, if you need me at practices, I will, you know, reorganize my time and my schedule and be there, you know, to help these parents, like, kind of guide the cheerleaders in the right direction where they need to be. Um, you know, and it becomes a family. Like, you become a cheer family. You you, you really do. Like, you, you know, engulf yourself in these little girls and, you watch them grow as cheerleaders and then watch them step out onto a, you know, competition mat or watch them go onto the football field as high school cheerleaders. 
Um, so it's really exciting. But it honestly, like at a recreational level, it starts with the parents. We really, really need parents to step up and really help and volunteer. And there's so much satisfaction that comes out of that, just watching, watching the girls. Like, I mean, just everything about them, like, just changes. And it's, I mean, it's exciting all the way around. I mean, it's kind of hard to explain. But, like, just sitting back and watching it, it's, it's definitely, you know, an eye-opening experience for anybody, which is why I've stayed with it for the past, you know, five years um, with Sertoma. Um, They're down so live right now with Patricia like Parsons. Of course, she is the Sedoma Club director, and uh, excited to have you in here. And I, and I know it's hard for you to get your arms kind of around it all. Again, you you hold kind of a different angle, but yet you guys all have the same, I would say, mission at the end of the day. Um, talk to us some of the things that we can do to here at Southern Sports Central to help get the word out. I know local business participation for funding is huge. Uh, when it comes to you guys doing fundraisers, things like that would play a huge part that we could be a part of and at least get the word out on our social media outlets. But uh, I want you to remember, of course, uh, to get in touch with me or Eugene, either one of us, and uh, let us help get you guys whatever attention we can get uh, or even maybe what are the chances of Somerville and Fort Dorchester's cheerleaders coming down and, and helping? Do they do that or can we help get those girls involved with their cheerleading coaches as well? They actually do. So last year I reached out to um, all of the local high schools. Um, Fort Dorchester High School cheerleaders came out um, to our Sertoma cheer camp. Um, uh, Ashley, no, Ashley Ridge didn't come, but Ashley Ridge did come this past um, to one of our, uh, the snapshots that we had for camp. Uh, the Ashley Ridge cheerleaders came out. Several cheerleaders came out to our camp. So we are actually, I try to stay a little bit affiliated with all of the high school cheerleaders because we are somewhat of a, a feeder program when they've always been like, I mean, you, you start rec to actually be able to go to the high school level. Um, so yeah, like, so our high school cheerleaders around the area have helped. And, and honestly, like at the end of the day, it's not just about your football and your cheer program. Like we do, I mean, it's, it's all about the hearing impaired children and helping cancer coma. And I feel like a lot of people kind of get away from the aspect. Like they don't really understand that, you know, it's, it's so great to watch our cheerleaders and it's great to watch our football players, but it's really about helping the kids get to Camp Sertoma at the end of the day. Now, Camp Sertoma, if I'm not mistaken, by, of course, your president that was on at the beginning of the show here, the hour number one, uh, Mr. Vickers had mentioned it's a camp that's up there in Clemson, and then what you guys do is raise that money to send that individual up to this camp. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, good, good, good. Now, finally, last thing before I get you out of here, I know you do have a young man. Uh, it's some of, I know him really well, actually. I get a chance, and I uh, used to see him in the hallways yeah. and wrestling and football, and this young man mm-hmm. can get after it. He's, again, you know, he's like a Hunter Renfro on the wide receiver core. If you look at him, he may not be the tallest kid, but he's going to give you the best effort and press. Of course, talk a little bit quick. about him. How's, how's he hanging in there? How's, how's he hanging in with this season coming to a close? It looks like possibly early as they're learning from home now. Um, he's doing good. I mean, he's um, spending a lot more time with his dad and his stepmom, um, but he's doing pretty good. Um, you know, I feel like any of these high school kids, like, it just kind of, it's so sad for all of them to have to go through the last of their high school days um, being at home and having to learn online. But just like him and any other of the kids, like, you know, they're all going to get through it together. Um, same with my daughter, you know, you know, first grade. I mean, it's a little difficult, you know, she, she she sits down and logs into the computer and does all of her schoolwork for, like, three hours. Um, so it's, it's really just that problem. But they'll all get through it, and, and it'll be good at the end of the day. 
Well, I tell you what, I greatly appreciate what you do there on the football field with the cheerleading squad. Of course, what you're doing with Camp Shatoma and, uh, you know, knowing, of course, uh, Preston and, and, and that little guy. I don't know your daughter as well yet. Of course, we're going to be around the fields more, so we'll get a chance to introduce ourselves there as well. But anything we can do for you guys here at Southern Sports Central to get the word out if you're doing a car wash or anything you've got going on that we can help promote any event that you guys have, make sure you inbox us, make sure you get at us, and uh, we're here. Anything we can do for you. Yes, thank you. I greatly appreciate it. No worries. Appreciate you coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, of course, uh, the lady who runs it when it comes to the Satoma Club cheerleading director. That is Katrina Parsons. Excited to have her in here. One of many times, we're definitely going to get her in here. We'll even get maybe some of the young ladies to come on the radio when we show up down there to one of the football games. That would be a lot of fun. Got to go to break because coming up next, we're going to head over, and I'm not sure if he's in Mount Pleasant, he's in Charleston. I know he was at Wofford, but now he's in Illinois. And who else is that? That's Blake Zerksay. He's going to join us here next and talk to us about this big decision. He decided to leave Wofford and go to Illinois to be an alumni and play in the Big Ten. That and much more coming up next. Hang tight, guys. We'll be right back. everybody. I'm Rich Yellman alongside, of course, Mr. Eugene Benton. The coach has joined us here, as he will, every Sunday, Tuesday, 
the Thursday night here is we want to really take time out for a quick second to thank the crew over there at the Sotoma, uh, Somerville Sotoma Club, as they, of course, uh, brought everybody in. The whole group came in here. Brian Vickers, the Sotoma president, joined us in hour number one. Nas Ridley he is the Sotoma Club secretary, along with the program director for the Fort Dorchester Youth Program. Then in hour number two, we got to hear from Greg Kessler. He's the program director for the Somerville Green Wave. And without further ado, we brought in Katrina Parsons. She is the Satoma Club Cheer Director. Now, sometimes, and she mentioned this, and I think a lot of them mentioned this, the Camp Satoma. You know, what these guys and girls are doing is a lot bigger than what you see on the football field. It is to send a young man or young woman to Camp Satoma in Clemson uh, to give them an experience. And remember that when you're out there, donations, I would imagine, are always accepted. Local businesses should definitely support these type of things. And uh, we're going to do our part as much as we can do. Now, without further ado, here, of course, uh, visiting us at the factory studios here in Somerville, South Carolina, over there hanging out on the Kent Farm hotline. Without further ado, I bring him in, 296.1. Blake Yersati joins us here. Blake, uh, welcome to the show, and hopefully of many, man, because you're heading to Illinois, and I couldn't uh, imagine uh, the excitement that you're feeling right now on this Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm uh, super excited. It's been a crazy week, but uh, I'm glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. You've done a great job. I know you talked to our buddy Kevin Billadu, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you've probably talked to everybody in, in the low country here about this big move and not a lot of sports going on. So when guys like you do what you do, we make it big, man. So we're going to blow this thing up as you're hanging out on Daniels Island on Easter. Uh, what's life over there on Daniels Island, man? Have they shut you guys down or you got to have a pass to get on the island over there? <laughs> No, it's not too bad. You know, just hanging out with family a lot, uh, trying to get on the golf course a little bit, trying to work out as much as possible, walking around, riding bikes. As long as we're maintaining distance, uh, the outside recreational activities are permitted, at least how I understand it. So just trying to stay active as much as possible, uh, get in shape for uh, this next level. No doubt about it. Talking about that next level, heading to the Big Ten, and it's going to be a big one, man. You're going to get to see the likes of Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State. I'm just naming a few of the top of my tongue here. Yeah. Have you looked at the yes, schedule for next year? And tell me real quick, Blake, uh, what's what's that one schedule, that one game that you're like, man, I don't, I, I get to go to that stadium because you'll get to play, of course, in Illinois, you know, a good bit next year. But what's the one road trip that you're like, man, mm-hmm. I never thought I'd get a chance yeah. to play? I'd probably say Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. I think I've heard that stadium. Uh, they they get crazy, and uh, I'm just excited for the opportunity. Uh, to, you know, just help out my help out this team and hopefully just be a piece of the puzzle. But, uh, you know, obviously those away trips, you know, playing in front of 70,000 people, uh, I'm not necessarily used to that at the FCS level. So we're more used to 7,000 rather than the 70,000 number. So <laughs> that's obviously going to be really exciting. Yeah, Wofford's a little bit, little bit smaller. Not much smaller, but a little bit smaller. And that jump around thing, yes, man, when they start playing, look, when you hear that band kick it, man, you hear jump around coming on, and, uh, man, it is going to be every bit as – I would imagine the chills on my arms right now are only half of what you guys are going to be feeling. Uh, what, what made you kind of get up and do this as a graduate transfer here? You, you, you did what you needed to do. You handled the business at Wofford. You made some great strides. You did some great things. You're leaving a heck of a mark behind you. I know you've made some great friends and, and you've worked with some great coaches, but what made you leave to where you are and go to where you're going? What kind of led you into this field? Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, like, I mean, going into Wofford, I only had – a few FCS offers, and obviously I want to thank Wofford and their coaches, players, for developing me. But this this last season, I was able to be successful. Uh, like, I, like I said, the coaches put me in a great spot. My teammates were great. But 
you know, individually I was able to get some things accomplished, get some great postseason accolades. And obviously the Clemson game was a, like a marquee game for me in my memory where I just remember, you know, doing, doing very well up to my standards and playing, you know, and not, and by not getting pushed around by any means. And uh, I really enjoyed that. And I loved that type of competition came down, you know, I, I was sitting in quarantine with my family these past few weeks. And I really had a, to- had a lot of time to reflect on what I really wanted out of football and what I want out of it is I really want to be competitive. And I know that I've done it at the FCS level, and I really want to continue that. I really want to push myself to the biggest I can get. And the biggest you really can get is the Big Ten, especially from an offensive line standpoint. And, you know, throughout this process this week, um, you know, I heard from a lot of Power 5 schools, but the Illinois, Illinois really just lined up where I really could have a good chance to come in and play and compete for a spot coupled with, obviously, just the competition in the Big Ten. I mean, if you can get it done at the Big Ten level, I mean, you really you really made it. So I want to challenge myself like I've never challenged myself before. That's really the decision. No doubt about it. Live right now with Blake Gersotti, who, of course, played his high school days over there on Daniels Island, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, Bishop England was your home high school. Then you went to Wofford, where you've done your thing there. Another chapter in this book that you're continuing to write is going to land you in the Big Ten. And I agree with you, man. And, and again, this is SEC – country to some degree, but I'm one of the biggest pro Big Ten guys that you'll find in sports because I do believe, like you mentioned, the trenches, man. You guys, they feed you guys like uh, anything you want. I mean, steak and chicken and all the meat and potatoes you can handle. And, of course, you're going into that land in Illinois. Uh, when you look at a game like, you know, uh, some of the other games, and I'm not looking at your schedule in front of you. Are you going to get to see Michigan to or Ohio State? Ohio State comes to us, yes. Ooh, how big is that game? For you personally, that's good. that's good. that's. I mean, obviously, growing up, Ohio State's just a huge name. Just like when we go play Clemson, I've, I've had the opportunity to play Clemson and South Carolina since being at Wofford, and you know, I feel like it's going to be that same feeling when Ohio State comes to town. But this would be the first time ever, you know, in my whole career, being able to play, you know, a big school, quote unquote, big school, you know, at my home place. So we'll be able to do that what five, six times a year. But yeah, Ohio State, obviously, just the name itself is going to be pretty cool. But I think I'm going to get over that real quick when I start, you know, week in, week out playing these big teams. No, I doubt about it, man. And going into, of course, uh, you know, the 2020 season for you guys, again, you're going to see the likes of, of course, Illinois State. That'll kick off your game there. You'll get Connecticut on the bowl, uh, on the uh, schedule as well. Then Bowling Green uh, is another game there on the schedule. I'm just kind of going through it here. But Nebraska, man, even Nebraska, going to Nebraska – is I would think was going to be one of those games that, that definitely will stick out to you. Minnesota had a great year last year. But uh, when you kind of put this thing together, uh, you played, of course, or at least one of the gentlemen was from Somerville. I talked to you about him off the air earlier. Um, and, of course, he came in there. How many local kids were at Wofford with you? And, and how neat was it to have some connections, maybe to some kids that you kind of watched them grow up or maybe played against or played with uh, in your days here in the low country? Yeah, definitely. Um, Brandon Brown, he played at Ashley Ridge. He played linebacker at Ashley Ridge. He was an all-state linebacker um, in my year. So we were able to kind of come from the Charleston area. We played the North-South All-Star game together. And uh, he's coming back for another year in Wofford. And obviously I'm leaving. But that was that was always a cool connection uh, back home. And then, you know, other than that, we have a few guys. Um, but, you know, I, I, would, I would like to see Wofford pull from the Charleston area a little bit more. But, yeah, there are definitely some connections we have up there. 
No doubt about it. Ben Mitchell is one of those young men that we've talked about. He's red-shirted. Maybe he'll get his chance this year. He was a Somerville Green Wave. Also played some days, if I'm not mistaken, he transferred because he was at Ashley Ridge a few years before that. Uh, when you look at this, Blake, and this is something that I'm also kind of curious, how much heat did you get from, from some of our local schools? You know, we see a lot of our young athletes going to Tennessee, going to Illinois, going to Georgia State, and I can keep naming colleges outside of that Palmetto border. Uh, how much did you get attention were you getting from maybe a, a, an offensive line coach at Clemson or maybe the offensive line coach at South Carolina to kind of keep you home mm-hmm. and uh, help you get them to the next level? Definitely. So you're talking about from this process or out of high school, this process? Well, yeah. let's, so let's, the, let's do this process, and then let's talk about out of high school as well because I'm kind of curious how many kids seem to leave our state on a regular basis, and I love it when you guys mm-hmm. go and, like, you're going to do big things. Yep, definitely. I mean, out of high school, I was, you know, I was, I played at Bishop England, two-way ball, and, you know, the, I mean, the competition, I mean, I, th- I thought the competition was great back in the day, but in hindsight, when I kind of got to Wofford and I understood what type of football some of my, my play, uh, my teammates were playing, I understood why, you know, the FCS level made sense for me. I was, um, but anyway, I got FCS offers from Elon, Charleston Southern, and obviously Wofford out of high school. But then, you know, this process, I was, like I said, I was able to be an uh, All-American at Wofford and have a great season last year. And when I entered the portal, I, I think it was, I think it was around 15 or 20 offers total um, by the end of it. And a lot of those were in the state of South Carolina, you know, North Carolina, and, and like down the Southeast. So I definitely, the Southeast was able to, um, was very attractive to me. Per, I mean, uh, Clemson doesn't take transfers. I'm not sure if y'all know that, but that's not something Davos Sweeney, um, that's not uh, something Coach Sweeney does. But um, from, yeah, I was able to attract a lot of Southeast interest. But like I said, uh, I mean, geography-wise, um, I, was, I was actually talking to schools, I mean, really around the country, which is really cool for me, just because I've never really experienced anything like that. Like I said, talking to Elon, Charleston Southern, and Wofford out of high school, it was kind of crazy just talking to people from all around the country. But like I said, the Big Ten really just attracted me. Um, obviously a really good opportunity to play great school in Illinois and, you know, playing at the highest level. So yeah, the Southeast was great though. No doubt about it. We're excited for you. Uh, one final thing before I get Jeff out of here and I appreciate your time here on Easter, a Sunday that's a little different than, than some Easter's of the past, but uh, we talk about the portal. Uh, kids have reached out to me. I've got questions when it comes to this. Is it an open deal as of right now? Because everything else is shut down is this probably the best time to maybe enter the portal because these coaches aren't allowed to do as much and they actually can look at your film and see what you can or can't do for their program? Yeah, you say, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think the portal is a great tool for student athletes in the NCAA. I mean, it really gives you really kind of, it, it just, it really is a player's tool and it really opens options for the player. So I would say, yeah, I mean, this is a good time for people thinking about this decision. Um, like, for me, it was really just about having good film and really letting that out there to the coaches. But I think the portal is a, is a great a great tool for students. Live right now with a young man who's heading and taking his talent to a cold, chilly Illinois night here in the Big Ten. We're looking forward to him checking in with us on campus when he gets there to kind of let us know what's going on. We have the luxury of having many athletes around the low country all the way up to the Grand Strand. Of course, Kenny Solomon playing football at Tennessee. We had, back in the day, Caleb Kinlaw was running the ball over at Wisconsin, so now we get the big man. And I love offensive linemen. By the way, don't tell anybody else this, but I hear some of the best soon-to-be up-and-coming coaches come from offensive linemen, man. So uh, could that be in your future? What's the big plan for you outside of playing in the NFL, you know, and retiring, man? Is there there a vision for you outside of football and what you want to do 
after this game is called up? I mean, that was definitely a big reason why I picked Illinois. Um, I was a finance and econ major at Wofford, and their uh, master's in financial engineering and master's in finance, both are top ten in the country. So that was a huge – I mean, obviously, you know, a huge part of transferring was being able to get a master's, you know, on, on a scholarship. So uh, that was really important for me. So something um, – I've interned at a few banks uh, throughout my time at Wofford, so I think that, that uh, the financial district, financial industry, is something I'd want to pursue post, post-football, hopefully after the NFL, right? Hey, that's what it's about. We'll speak that into existence on a Sunday on Easter, brother. I got your back, man. Just keep checking in with us. But final question, final thing. You got a lot of high school kids dealing with something that we've never seen before, even in your days of playing here in the low country, man. There is no football. There is no baseball. Nothing going on right now at all. What would you encourage a senior right now who may not see that season at all when it comes to spring sports? I'm not sure if you played any any sports in the spring or maybe you were a track guy throwing something different around, but uh, talk to us about what they should be doing. And right now, what should the football players be doing at home, even though they don't have access to a gym? You've been doing this yourself. I'm sure you're not sitting around. Tell, give these young men and, and the women some advice what they should be doing while the, the rest of the town shut down. Definitely. You know, I mean, I, I can't speak too much on spring athletes. I was able to talk to a few of my Wofford uh, student uh, friends at Wofford who played a spring sport. And it's obviously devastating, especially if you're a senior. I mean, your sport canceled like that. So I definitely – feel for those people but you know for for fall athletes football players I mean just trying to be as active as possible I mean it's it's just really tough I mean there's just there's no precedent for how to handle this type of situation but for me you know just trying to do as much body weight stuff as I can really trying to maintain my weight and you know try to be a little creative around the house I've seen videos of people doing dips on tables getting their mom to lie on top of them and they do like bench press with them you know it's I've heard a lot (laughs) of crazy stories and I'm sure those guys will be able to find enough Twitter videos to figure it out. But, you know, just try to maintain a positive attitude and just know this is honestly a good time to, you know, um, pass the crowd per se. You know, everybody could be sitting around. You could take this as an opportunity to really uh, gain on people who aren't um, taking it seriously. So I always look for uh, those opportunities. I would too. Blake, man, I appreciate everything. I know we kind of got together today. You agreed to come on a couple days ago. We finally figured it out. Uh, I'd like to get you back in here until we kind of get you shipped off, I guess, and up to the Illinois side of the world. But uh, please stay in touch. Let's do this again. And let's, once you get up there, we got to get you to call in and paint a picture, man, because I don't think anybody down here in, in the low country understand how blistering cold it's going to be, but how great and amazing uh, trip experience and education you're going to get out of this, not to mention the football games you're going to get to play, buddy. Yes, sir. I really appreciate it. All right, God bless you. Happy uh, Easter. You guys stay safe and tell Mom and Dad we said thank you for letting you be a part of our show today. All right, thank you guys. Have a great one. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. He comes in at 6'1", 290 pounds. He played his days at Bishop England, takes it to Wofford. Now he's taking his talents north all the way up there to Illinois, and that's going to be a heck, Eugene, of an experience for him. I looked at a schedule where he was on the phone with us, and, uh, man, I can't tell you what a well-rounded young man he is I mean without a doubt here he is he's moving to play the game of football but it's like you know Nick Saban says you're here to get an education you just play football while you're here and he already said that's why he picked Illinois man it was to do with his major there coach yeah you know I was thinking uh maybe we should bring him on staff and have him run our finances (laughs) sounds like a brilliant (laughs) guy you know yeah I mean he speaks clearly he has a, a vision he does a phenomenal job handling himself on the radio and of course you know, he's a fourth-year fourth kid playing uh, in the uh, Southern Conference over there at Walford. They, of course, have some great things for you guys who may or may not know. 
you know, Hunter Renfro played at Clemson, but you know his father, Tim Renfro, he was the athletic director at Sockety, was a All-American defensive back at Wofford, and is actually retired. Uh, well, I think he's a Hall of Famer. And I think at Wofford, I should have asked this question when we just had Blake in here with us, but they actually got a street named after him or have a street sign. Uh, and uh, Coach Renfro was also not the tallest guy. Coach Renfro may be lucky at 5'3", five, 5'4", five, maybe 5'3", five, 5'4", five, but uh, was a heck of a secondary guy, defensive back guy, and uh, wasn't surprised when Hunter came through the system and ended up walking on. He had offers. He had Wofford. He had some of these other schools, but he took a chance and walked on at Clemson. Uh, as we're going to hang out here, uh, because I do get an opportunity to get you back in here with me, talk a little bit about uh, some things here as well. But, you know, we've, we've had a good one, man. It's been a solid almost two hours are said and done. You know, we get these five-star guests come in here. They educate us and uh, jump in here on the Tent Farm hotlines. And Jonathan Farmer, the owner of the Tent Farm, may join us here about 8.14 to talk about his business. He's another local guy. And I can't tell you enough, guys. Let's keep making sure that we are um, – and he's going to join us. He just sent me an okay. So uh, let's keep supporting our local business. Okay, remember, these are the businesses that support our high schools, that support our Little League fields. So when we need them, they help us. Now they need us. Let's help them. And uh, it starts over there with Kessel Plumbing. Of course, uh, the factory, when these guys get up and running, they get the weight pumping again. Uh, we're going to do some shows over there at 5913 Loftus Road. It is the official studio here at Southern Sports Central by the factories, uh, fellas, uh, ladies and gentlemen over there. But um, w- when you start to kind of put things together, you know, we've got so much talent here in the low country, uh, Coach, and, and you start to kind of put things together. I know you're a special teams guy. You do special things. Uh, but, but let's talk a little bit uh, about Brad Gregory. Now, you get to watch him from afar, and you're not one of his coaches, so this is going to be fun for me and you. You saw what he does when it comes to social media. He's doing a great job, by the way promoting himself, getting his name out there, kicking the ball. Um, you don't get a chance to do this often, but but tell me about Brad Gregory, man. As a coach that does this, this is your specialty as well. What do you like about this kid at Somerville? Well, I like his work ethic. You know, he's always out kicking a ball somewhere. He even made his own goal post recently. Um, you know, I've never met him personally, you know, to have a conversation with him. You know, we talked over social media and stuff like that. Um, and, and I know that his coach, Chris, is over there, does a great job with him as well. You know, and there was a video he posted, and, you know, he's kicking off the ground, which is a developed kicker at his for his age, which is what they should be, you know, going into their senior year. Um, you know, and I just was able to look at a couple things on the film. I was like, hey, bud, if you do this, you know, you hit that from 45, 46 yards. Maybe if you lock out that left knee just a little bit more, you're going to get 50. You know, and he he's always like, you know, hey, thank you, and, and Chris does as well. So it's just, you know, a lot of times from film, you can pick up a little – just little things, a new pair of eyes, and – uh you know, most of the guys I do that with, um, the kicker up at Dorman, um, what a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. He actually scored more than my kicker this year. They were in a the scoring title run, and um, he had the extra game for the state championship, and I think he ended up scoring 106 points. Chris had 96 points. And, and same thing, you know, I'll see his film on Twitter, and I'll say, hey, man, good job. And, you know, hey, you know, make sure you're, you know, working on your drop and uh, for punting and things like that. And, you know, the feedback's always like, hey, thanks, Coach, man. You know, I'm going to try to work on this. And, you know, thanks for the tip and that kind of stuff. So, you know, while I while I have coached kids who are just under me at the school level, you know, I always look at other kids around the state and whatnot and look at their film and when they post things and just either offer a tip, they can take it or not. And But most of them is well-received. You know, hey, thanks, Coach. You know, that's what I'm trying to work on. Thanks for pointing that out. Thanks for seeing it. And sometimes I'll 
screenshot it and draw little lines and show them about their their balance and the being parallel with the ball and keeping their head down things like that and most of the time it's just it's well received you know i, I haven't yet had someone to say mind your own business so you know it's uh <laughs> i just as a coach you see things it doesn't matter i guess what sport or what level you know you just try to help a guy out and offer a tip here or there maybe they take it maybe they don't but most of the time you know it's well received so it's just kind of once you love it, once you teach it and have a passion for it, it doesn't matter whether it's your kid or not. You know, you just, if you love kids and you're trying to help them develop their game, that's kind of what you do. And, um, you know, it's just, they're really cool about it. Like I said, I, no one no one's, has ever responded negatively and, and things like that. They're always, you know, thank you, coach, and this, that, and the other. So, and sometimes I promote them, you know, I'll retweet their stuff and, you know, guys are trying to get up to the next level, you know, put it out there and help them get promoted. Yeah, I would agree with you. And you're right. If we're, our goal is and our vision, again, is to help these kids, these young men and the young women at their sports that they're playing, that's huge. You know, that's, that's huge that another coach can step in. Another coach doesn't feel like he's hurting, you know, by stepping on his toes. And I know – of course, uh, Coach Chris over at Somerville really well. We actually grew up together to some degree. He went to Myrtle Beach High School. I went to Chocopee. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, his his vision very similar to yours, man. And it is just to get those kids to be the best that they can be, whether it be great, you know, uh, football players at the next level, but at the end of the day, be great men, no matter what they end up doing or where they end up going. And that is to teach them, you know, hey, look, you're not going to kick everything perfect. You're not going to get every field goal that you go for. Every punt's not always going to come off your foot the right way. But let's go out and do it better the next time if you didn't get it right this time. And, you know, he's a great guy. So, it's, it, Somerville's fortunate to have him as a special teams coach. And Oceanside's got you over there. And you guys kind of, you know, and, and this whole COVID, by the way, messed us up because we were sponsoring uh, something that you, me, and him sat down together and said, hey, look, we got a little battle royale here. We could do a kicking for cancer thing, and we were going to do something special. But, unfortunately, that, yeah. that's not going to happen right now at least. Yeah, it wasn't and, uh you know, one of the things we're doing, because as high school coaches, Chris and I are limited in the time we can work with our specific players. But what we were going to do, um, the vision was we reached out to the coaches at Coastal Carolina, and they were going to be the quote-unquote coaches and judges of the uh, competition. And we were going to open it up to any kicker, basically within low country, the state, the region, whatever, and just have a good, you know, almost like a good fellowship kickoff kind of thing. And just, uh, you know, with money raised for kicking for cancer, that's a big thing that the Coles, or it's my guys train with Coles, which is a big national um, kicking and long snapping uh, training uh, division. And, you know, that's a big thing that they do. So we were going to piggyback off that and do something kind of somewhat local, but we were going to extend it out and just invite all the kids. And then hopefully with the coastal coaches or some other people there, you know, give the kids some exposure at the collegiate level to some coaches that, you know, whether they're looking for a kicker or not, they might know another coach in the business, as you know, coaches know other coaches at other schools. And, you know, hey, we don't have a spot for a kicker, but, I was at this camp and I saw this guy, man. I know you guys might be looking for one. You ought to check him out. So hopefully by video sharing, by word of mouth and, and things like that, like I said, our goal for Chris and I was just to put it together, you know, do something good for charity, for the kicking for cancer, and hopefully, you know, get some guys some training by college coaches and some possible exposure to get them to the next level. Um, but Chris and I actually, you know, we met up. We took, He took his guys and I took my guys. And we actually shared a game up at a coastal last fall you were there as well on a college mm-hmm. visit and uh you know that's kind of what again that's that's just what we do we try to develop guys as best of our ability as coaches at the high school level and then uh hopefully get them 
you know, trained up enough and uh, get them some exposure so that they're picked up by a, a program at the next level and have an opportunity to play some more football and get a great education, hopefully as free as possible, which for kickers is kind of hard. As you know, usually about the top 25, 30 uh, get D1 offers, you know, that are actually paid. Some, a lot of them are, are preferred walk-ons the first year or so. So it's really hard. It's really competitive um, for kids getting into the business and parents just to know that, it can be expensive uh, with all the camps and all the visits and uh, all the training and stuff like that um, beyond the football field. But uh, it's well worth it, especially when you have someone that um, just does so well. I've, I've been blessed with some talent. And the, uh, the Coastal coach, Baldus, who was at Coastal uh, for a few years, he's now at Florida State, he pulled me aside at the, uh, that college visit and was like, man, you know, most, most high schools are lucky to get one kicker. You have like six. How do you do it? And I said, man, right. I train, I train them. I jokingly said, I train them myself. And he started laughing. He said, well, you do a good job. You know, right now I have a kid that's uh, for the sophomore class for 2022. He's ranked number 20th in the nation. Uh, I have an income. There's an incoming freshman at Oceanside, but I've trained him personally for two years. He's ranked number one in the nation as a kicker and as a punter. You know, I have uh, several other kids, Petey and Ben, who are, have been great kickers. I had another one that I'm not sure if he's going to stick with football because he's ranked the number one goalie in the state for his class. But uh, in a JV game on with three minutes to go, he nailed a field goal to win the game three nothing. The other team jumped off sides and we get another play. But uh, had that not happened, we'd have won the game three nothing. And so that's what you do it for. You do it for the kids. You do it for that look on their face, man. When they make it, you know, you hug them when they miss it. You know, you correct them, and then, you know, you cheer them on when they make it, and you're, you're the biggest fan. Yeah, no doubt about it. You get Blankenship, like the, the kicker of Georgia, man. He's made wearing glasses one of the coolest things in the world. Being cool is uh, is what those kids – it's a different avenue. We do got to go to a quick break, guys, and top of the hour. But I can tell you I've been around a lot of football fields. I, I spent – since 2011, I've been around some of the high school football fields a lot. And I'm going to tell you what, you won't find a more creative character position than special teams. They do special things, and a lot of times, no, no, you're not watching. They're over there, you know, cutting, like, little fake videos, and they're taking little photo shots, and uh, it, it's almost as entertaining to watch what they do than watch them when they do what they do on the football field. But we do have to take a break. We'll be right back. Hopefully, we're going to get in here as we're going to head over and talk to Shamik Blackshear. He's a six foot five, two 270 defensive end that was playing in South Carolina, played down the Hilton Head as well. He's now going to enter – the draft. We'll talk to him and what's going on with him and his decisions right here coming out of the break, guys. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, the boardwalk's deserted. There's nobody down by the shore. And the ferries will ride isn't turning around anymore. The heat waves and the clouds are just old news, but I still got some sand in my shoes. Bring the memories of the salty air. Oh, the blanket that we used to share.
Learn about everybody, uh, in case uh, you didn't know, we're now into hour number three. And this is what we're going to do here on Sundays. We're coming at you live for three solid hours here at the Factory Studios here in Somerville, South Carolina, here on Southern Sports Central. Now, you can go to the factory once they open their doors. Well, the governor says they can open their doors at 5913 Loftus Road over there in Hanahan, South Carolina. Uh, these guys and girls have done a great job. We partnered with them a couple weeks back, and we're excited, man. Really pumped up about uh, growing together, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually, and now through the airwaves and social media. We've got a lot of things that are happening over there as well. If you want to come on in and hang out, you can call in. The Tampa Farm hotline is wide open right now. We're waiting for uh, Mr. Blackshear to join us. He, of course, is uh, in Central Time, so and it is it is Easter, so let's be a little bit more understanding. I, I, I get that we're excited about getting him in here, but, again, it's an Easter day. It's a holiday with family and friends. He's got a lot going on with the draft. But uh, if he can get in, we'll get him in. If not, we'll get him in on maybe Tuesday or Thursday because we do come at you live on Tuesday and Thursday from 6 to 8, those two days. So uh, we're almost getting back to five, six days a week, right? We've been doing this thing for seven years on the Internet. We're, of course, uh, going to keep doing what we do unless somebody wants to bring us into their studios. And even then, we may stay here and there. That being said, 
Uh, come on in, hang out. We'd love to hear from you. The number to call in is 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. You can follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Of course, I'm Rich Yelvin. That is the coach, Eugene Benton, as we are excited uh, to kind of uh, get things rolling here. And if we get Mr. Black here, we'll talk to him. We'll get an update. But other than that, man, they did release the toughest schedules coming up in 2020, and this may be changed if they don't play some, well, probably not. I mean, you figure some of the non-conference games, but this is probably more conference-driven. When you look at the number one team in the country with the toughest schedule, it looks like to be the second year in a row of the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Number two, Arkansas Razorbacks. That's, again, Coach Jimmy Smith, who was the running back coach at Georgia State, who was the head coach, of course, over there in Atlanta uh, at Cedar Grove High School. He's going to join us here in the next couple of weeks as well. Number three, Ole Miss. Take that. Bring in Lane Kiffin to give him the third toughest schedule in the country. Number four, Auburn. Number five, the Trojans, the other USC on the West Coast. Then you got Tennessee at number six, Alabama, roll tide at number seven. The Tigers of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, coming at number eight, number nine, Nebraska, Cornhuskers. I keep thinking they're going to have that year. I haven't had it yet. Number 10, Georgia Tech, the rumbling wreck. Somebody in the ACC hitting the top ten. Now we got to look at that schedule. And then number 11, Michigan, the Wolverines. Number 12, Indiana, the Hoosiers. And see what they can do. Number 13, Sparty over there, of course, Michigan State. Georgia at number 14, and the Ohio State Buckeyes hanging out at number 15. Eugene, your thoughts on the top 15 for South Carolina. Hey, look, this is what you want. You want to play the best of the best week after week. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, I mean, you know, the coaches like to – and everybody likes to put beat that or put that on their chest and say they have the toughest schedule – but at the end of the year, you know, unless you're in Alabama or Texas or Ohio State, those uh, toughest schedules year in, year out, wear you down. And unfortunately, sometimes coaches get graded on wins and losses and not whether or not they had the toughest schedule three years in a row. So, you know, Coach Muschamp is certainly, certainly isn't getting any breaks as far as scheduling and, and adding up some or building up some W's to his resume. But, you know, like most coaches will tell you, though, you you play who's on your schedule. You play the team in front of you. You worry about who you got to worry about in the next week. You know, uh, with high school, it's, you know, Friday night, and then uh, that game is gone. Saturday, you watch film. You watch film on the next opponents, and you get ready for them. You don't really worry about the 12-game schedule. You know, I, I know from experience with us, you know, we broke it down into one-year slices of pie or pieces of the puzzle. So, you know, a lot of coaches will look at it one game at a time. You know, fans like to say it's the toughest schedule and look at all 12 games as, you know, this complete universe. But uh, when you're in the business and you're involved in your day in, day out, it's mostly a focus of what we got to do to prepare to beat those guys next week. You know, and I'm, obviously every coach knows who they have on the 12 or 11 or 10 game schedule, whatever it may be. They know that. They know who the opponents are. They know which weeks, you know, that they – or, you know, we expect that we should win this game. Every coach expects to win every game, but there are some opponents. And like you said, you know, if it goes to a shortened season, uh, aside from a few conference games that usually get moved up for TV early in the season, a lot of the not, you know, non-conference games are, are up front. That's when uh, teams schedule their in-state, you know, either uh, FCS or, or the lower division one schools in their state to – share some money around the state but like I said you know the coach said last uh um time is that you know it really it's really gonna hurt those schools plus it's gonna hurt the businesses in the in the area obviously for a big home game for South Carolina you know the uh restaurants and and, and watering holes 
you know, they benefit greatly. Right. But, you know, when it comes to strength of schedule, another thing, though, is now the problem is that the strength of schedule, you know, really gets factored in, too, when it comes to the playoffs and college playoffs and things like that. You know, who have you played? So it might just right. pull down to everybody has about six or six, seven or eight games if it comes to that. And, you know, your toughest schedule might get you a little more favorability when it comes to playoffs. So we'll have to see or if you go undefeated. We'll I mean, that's that's probably out. the best way to go about it, though. I mean, you look at – and not to pick on Clemson because they win the games they're in, but let's be honest, they don't have the toughest schedule. You know, but however, they do schedule SEC opponents on their schedule, and they do handle business where it needs to be handled. So for those, for those SEC fans that say, well, the ACC doesn't schedule anybody, well, Clemson does. Clemson does schedule the SEC, and they beat the SEC. They are actually probably the kryptonite in college football, the SEC, in the past. It's yep. always worked that way. But they do a great job and with Clemson, teams that are on their schedule. Yeah, Clemson scheduled South Carolina every year, obviously. You know, they scheduled Georgia frequently. They've scheduled Auburn. They've scheduled Texas A&M a few times. Yeah. Um, they've, had, they've had Alabama on the schedule a few times in the regular season. Not recently, but a few years back when, the, when Clemson was coming up under uh, Dabo. And so, you know, the, for me, it, I don't see Clemson really – it's almost like they don't fit the mold. Now, Florida State was a big player in ACC for many years, and, you know, they were really good a couple of years under uh, Jimbo Fisher. But overall, you know, really Clemson, is, it's Clemson and kind of the rest is what it, what it boils down to uh, many, many years um, when it comes to, you know, at the end of the year, who has a chance to make the playoffs. Um, you know, it's almost like Clemson's considered an SEC program. And having spent some time on the campus and around the staff and the facilities, it really does remind you of that. And then, you know, I've seen some other great facilities. I was at Duke uh, for about three or four days back in uh, January. It's a great program, and I'd love for my children to go to Duke. But uh, it's, it's almost like night and day when it's the size of the stadium, the facilities and things like that. Clemson's much more like a, a SEC or a Big Ten-type school. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I like what David Cutcliffe has done, it, it, and of course, at Duke. And you got Rick Brown back over there in, in North Carolina doing his thing. And the state of North Carolina is, is definitely – we can get into that a little bit, of course, uh, with Vashti Hurt, who's going to join us from Carolina Blitz there. She's based in Charlotte. She's a big ACC connection. She does SEC as well. But we can talk a little bit about that with her as well. But you're right. Clemson is very much an SEC school in the ACC. They have the atmosphere. They have the fan base. They have the – just that whole electric avenue that they bring on, on a Saturday night is as is anywhere else in the SEC. It, it's huge. Uh, they continue to really in, impress me, you know, and I, I didn't grow up being a Clemson guy, you know, but I like what Dabo Sweeney's about off the field. I think that's number one shows why I like watching Dabo do what he does. He doesn't have to be the best coach. He's got to be the best recruiter and he recruits great coaches to coach great players. He helps do that, but he coaches the coaches, he coaches the players, and it seems to work. Now, he does get involved. I know he gets involved. However, it's just different, man. You know, it's a good cat by cop type of deal. I know Brent Venables is like eating nails for breakfast type of thing, and then here comes Dabo loving on him on the other end. And now, of course, you know, you've got the James Island former guy. Now he's the new head, he's the new offensive coordinator, going to do his own thing, and he has his own style. And I think that's going to be amazing to watch what he does now that, now of course, Coach Scott's down there in South Florida. Uh, but you look at Clemson's schedule. Well, let me go back. Florida State, I really feel like Florida State left where they were and jumped into the ACC because during that transition, when they came into the ACC, it was easy pickings. It wasn't as, as good as it is in certain areas. Let's be honest. Louisville's had some really good years. I mean, Louisville's been very competitive at times. 
You've seen the likes of uh, Duke having good years. You've seen the likes of NC State. We've seen some highlights from those guys as well. Uh, Syracuse, hey, they've had some things. But I don't think that, that the ACC has gotten their money out of those Big Ten teams that came in when they came in, the Virginia Techs and the Pitts and things like that. Even Miami. Miami, by no way, shape, and form, have they brought the electricity that I think the ACC thought they were going to get when they brought them in. They thought automatically Florida State was going to play Miami. Miami was going to bring it. They could meet halfway in wherever they're in the Florida, uh, you know, panhandle there, wherever they would meet, and it would be a great matchup. Unfortunately, Miami's no good. I mean, they're lucky to be a tropical storm, so a hurricane is definitely overrated for them. I mean, there's been a time where neither of the three major schools in the state of Florida were even the best schools in Florida. I mean, let's be honest, when you look at it that way. Uh, and then they let Notre Dame come in, Eugene. I didn't understand that neither because you're allowing Notre Dame to come in, but they get to tell you what they're going to do, when they're going to do it in your backyard. And what I mean is that they've got this contract with the NBC, and yet they're going to tell you we're going to only play three games. However, the rest of our conference teams will play inside your window. And I'm thinking, man, they're money makers in football. So for them to allow that to happen, plus I think that they're a better fit for the Big Ten. That's me personally. We talk about Clemson and the SEC. I think Notre Dame's a better fit in the Big Ten. Uh, your thoughts on this whole nucleus uh, of the ACC and, and them allowing a team like Notre Dame to come in, Eugene? It's a sore subject, man. I've always thought Notre Dame should, A, be in a conference, and, B, you know, when they came in, my understanding of that deal was that they are in the ACC as a conference opponent in every sport but football. So they're not considered an ACC school for football only. And right. why the ACC would do that is beyond me. I mean, you know – and, and another point is where you're talking about the, the Florida State Miami. If you remember back, man, with all the wide lefts and wide rights, and that Miami right. Florida State game used to be a Labor Day game, that Monday night football, because there wasn't Monday night NFL football yet. That was the last open right. Monday night. It was huge. I mean, it was national championship implications in game one. What it, and now, I mean, you got pictures of, of, of fat guys without a t-shirt on reading a book in the stands. <laughs> and I'm sure you've asleep. seen that meme. <laughs> right. And falling asleep and it's like they're empty, you know, and it's just, it's amazing how two programs fell off. And like I said, I know Florida State had a couple of good years under uh, Jimbo, but it's just amazing that they came in, uh, you know, Virginia Tech and Miami both were in the Big East and had some great matchups in the in the 90s and early 2000s, back when Mike Vick was there, back when um, Miami was rolling with all those draft picks. And it's like, you know, I, I get it that Miami hit some sanctions and stuff, but a couple of coaching changes and coaches didn't work out. You know, the changes in facilities that Miami plays in a stadium that wasn't even on campus. And then that was changed and renovated. You know, it's just it's almost like they, they brought these schools in thinking that they were going to have the football, and yet we still think of the ACC as – basically basketball only except for Clemson. I mean, Clemson is definitely yeah. the torch bearer, and that's about it. And sure, like North Carolina, I love Mac Brown. I love North Carolina and the facilities, NC State. You know, they've had a couple of good years, and they've put out a lot of NFL guys. But year in, year out, you know, you think it, it, it for the last five, six, seven years, Clemson and then everybody else is second tier. Whereas the, H, uh, the SEC, you know, you got Alabama, but, you know, teams come in, Auburn, you know, Florida's won a couple of national championships, not anything too recently. Um, but there's still been – and LSU just won last year. I mean, heck, that's just the SEC West. You know, I mean, Ole Miss right. was beating Alabama a couple of years in a row. 
you just don't have that right. in ACC. You don't have a team that's just, you know, every year the thorn in Clemson's side. Not not anymore. It used right. to be with the whole Clemsoning uh, moniker that was handed out that upset oh, Davos so much. But you know what he did with that? Right. He, ended, he ended it by not losing those games. He stopped losing to Duke. Yeah. He stopped losing to, you know, uh, Georgia Tech and things like that. So, right. That's the right. way to I agree with you. And the thing is, I think also – Eugene, and we're going to go to break because we do have the owner of uh, one of our big sponsors of the actual hotline in the tip phone. We're going to run a commercial and then bring in that owner, Jonathan Farmer, in here to talk about some football. He's a big uh, – I don't know if he wants to do it or not, but he didn't have a choice. We're going to talk about his Panthers with him for about five or six minutes, also talk about his business and, and kind of tell us what we can do to help him get the word out as we try to promote the local guys here as much as we can here on the show. But, um, you know, football, it, it is a different deal in college right now because of the fact that facilities across the country, whether you're at the FBS, the, the whatever you are, even if you look at, you start looking at, at some of the HBCUs, the facilities are getting bigger, better, faster. It's not just some of the big boys. Everybody's got one. I mean, of course, Clemson went in and put a slide in and did what they need to do. I believe um, they had a hot tub or whatever, a waterfall in the, in the locker room over in Alabama. Uh, but everybody is really doing things. And you're seeing it even at the high school level. Somerville High School, by the way, has a phenomenal state-of-the-art, huge weight room. And they've got some big bad boys in the Midlands and the upstate. So we'll talk more about that on Tuesday. We're actually going to get Perry Parkson here. Uh, he's one of the coaches uh, in the Midlands there. Uh, we'll get him in here. But we do got to take a quick break. We'll play a commercial with one of our big-time sponsors, a brother of mine, uh, Mr. Jonathan Farmer, is going to join us coming out of break. You're listening to Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich Yalbin. That's Eugene Benton coming back. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Mitch Yalvin, and without further ado, we're going to call the farm. Let's call Jonathan Farmer as we speak right now. This is first. This is the second time we've had you in here with us, buddy. Uh, welcome to the show, and we appreciate your support of Southern Sports Central for all these young athletes, men and women alike, from the high school to the college level, as you and your business are thriving, and the heat is on in many ways right now, uh, of course. Uh, and you're going to put some shade on this segment in many ways. Uh, first of all, man, happy Easter. How's the family doing? And uh, what's new with you guys over there at the tent farm, brother? Oh, man. Well, I appreciate it. Happy Easter to you and your family, too, and the Southern Sports Show family. Um, we're just trying to get everything going with the tent farm. It's about that time of the year. Um, sun's starting to get, you know, a little a little hotter out there. We're just making sure everybody stays cooler and, uh, you know, trying to tell everybody about our uh, line of ceramic window films. Um, you know, this time it just, you know, blocks out about 45, 50% more heat and uh, 99.9% of the U, uh, harmful UV rays. So, you know, that's definitely uh, the better way to go. 
Now, let me ask you this question. Uh, let's talk some sports with you, man. You just partnered up with one of the uh, local uh, individuals here in the Low Country and uh, sponsored, uh, and actually had your name on the on the headline there with a local high school basketball tournament that happened, if I'm not mistaken, near the holidays or right after the holidays. Uh, man, first of all, congratulations uh, on, on such a huge opportunity. But thank you for giving back to this community uh, and to so many high schools. Man, talk to us how this worked out and, and how cool was it to get that first annual uh, one out of the way. Oh, brother, it was it was so awesome. It was great to give back to the community. Um, it was something that I talked about with uh, the head uh, hand-in-hand basketball coach, Peter Smith. And um, I've been sponsoring uh, hand-in-hand sports, Goose Creek sports, anywhere around in the local high school area that we could actually give back. And it was just an opportunity to actually put a name onto a tournament. And we just thought it was a win-win situation for us and for the uh, actual high schools involved. And, uh, yeah, first annual was this past year, January 3rd and January 4th. Great success, great turnout. Um, great basketball, and we got the second annual Tent Farm Tip-Off Showcase. We have a schedule for December 21st and 22nd, I believe, and it'll be the two host uh, high schools will be Goose Creek and Hand Hand, and we're going to do the same thing for this year. And uh, We're just trying to get it bigger and better and uh, give back more to the community and get the word out there. No doubt, live right now with the owner and the man behind all that tent that you see around town. Jonathan Farmer with the Tim Farm. He sponsors our hotline, which is the number he's on right now, 323-784-9681. You're also a big sports guy, man. You and I had – we we met years ago working for Anheuser-Busch here in Charleston, uh, formed a buddy ship, man. We've been friends for a long time. And for us to work together, you're a big sports guy, and you and I have had multiple conversations. So when I put this thing together and then you went out there and did your entrepreneurship, man, and created your own business, it was just kind of common sense that we would work together as uh, kind of – helping the community the way we can. Uh, you know, you're a Panther guy, so I got to ask you this question, and we're not going to get into too deep because I know it's an emotional time for a lot of you Panther fans right now, you and Larry Wembley. Uh, we got to keep close eyes on you two guys. But no Cam Newton, man. What you going to do with no Cam? has a Bush guy from, from, our, from our generation. That's sure. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Great times and great memories, buddy. So what's your thought, Cam Newton leaves, man? You lose that big Keekly in the backfield back there, man. And it's a lot of changes. And not all change is bad, but you see some good possibly yeah. coming out of this. It, Did you be that one guy that thinks it's going to change for the better? Oh, well, I am always stay optimistic. And I think Bridgewater coming in, um, you know, he filled in for Drew Brees for five games last year, went 5-0, and and they rallied around him. The city rallied around him. So, I mean, he's got to – decent track record you know it's something that we could go ahead and build on off of that but losing cam it was like losing the heart of the city he's been the you know him and luke keekley for the past 10 years eight to 10 years has been just the heart of the city itself and uh i like you know there's a lot of up and downs with cam um a lot of positive or some negative i mean people uh think about you know either side of the coin i can see both sides but i just think he did a lot of positive and uh the last couple of years since our super bowl run it might have been the time, you know, for for a change as far as that goes in that position. But um, yeah, I would agree with you, man. I think that uh, you know, at the oh, end of the day, I mean, he had, you know, he had, you he think that he, he has some up and down years, but I mean, I, I mean, NFC Championship game, he got us the NFC Championship game victory in Charlotte. I was there for that. 
the city was just electric off of that. So he brought us that. He came pretty close to bringing us the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, the years of service. I mean, he was just he was a, he's a former NFL MVP. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's not too many you know players that can claim that distinction. Um, big time, you know, Monday night games, big time playoff games, and you know, it was just it was it's, it's sad to see him go for sure. No doubt about it. Where do you think he lands, man? Anywhere you think he lands? Um, they're talking about the Patriots. And I would say since Brady left and went down to Tampa, I would say that's probably his best option or probably the number one destination. Um, Yeah, I would probably go with the Patriots more than anything. And, you know, the Patriots, like they did with Randy Moss and, you know, years ago, Mm -hmm. they definitely turned a negative into a positive. And right now, Cam Newton, he's still got a lot of good football left. Just got to find that right spot. And Belichick is definitely the coach. The Patriots are definitely the dynasty or the, the right. I'm sorry, but the, uh, the you know, the, definitely bring them out of that hole for sure. They're definitely the franchise to do that. There's a couple other ones around the league, but the Patriots are definitely one of them. So I wish them all the best. I wish them all the best. You know, definitely no negative or bad feelings towards him. For sure. Right. So, you know, and then we just, you know, Keekley just retired, and I hated to see him go, but I understood he had to do what was best for his family. He gave us eight great years right. of top-notch, top-notch football. And he, I mean, he was pretty much, you know, the NFL defensive MVP for at least one, but, I mean, he brought us a, he brought us a lot of excitement on that side of the ball also. No, no doubt about it, man. So what's the one thing that you're looking forward to in this 2020 season in the NFL? Number one, you, you, you're a season ticket holder over there, and of course, with the Panthers, man. Yes, and and uh, that being said, you know, uh, seating-wise, man, is that a concern to you as a season ticket holder, man? I know there are certain seats up there where they space you guys out, but how do you think that's going to mm-hmm. affect you guys as season ticket holders, and how is it going to affect the seating inside this stadium over there in Bank of America? Um, Charlotte's always been one to rally around the Panthers no matter what. Um. I know when, you know, we let go of Steve Smith, that was a sad moment also. But the city rallied around the Panthers, and I still think, you know, that no matter what, they're definitely going to have a great fan base and a great turnout. And I'm I'm actually excited. I mean, every year that, you know, there's a new season, I'm always excited and optimistic. And uh, this season, I'm just ready for some Panther football. I'm ready to go ahead and take that drive and enjoy those Sundays and those Monday nights. And, <laughs> and just, you know, I'm so – I'm ready for it especially during this time. Yeah, man. How much has this affected your business? I know downtown Charleston is, is a ghost town by about 5 o'clock, which is very weird and ironic. I see a lot of our buddies that we're connected with on Facebook. They go down there and post pictures. I see some of those shut down. How much has this affected your business, and, and, and how is this affecting your daily operations? Um, it's affected it slightly. We've had a couple of, like, reschedules until the, you know, everything is back to normal. Um, but, I mean, I still got – it, it's still clicking on all cylinders. It's just we know we can't have people waiting in the waiting area. It's all drop-offs and by appointments. So, we've changed it a little bit. No walk-ins, you know. But, I mean, all in all, and especially, you know, the weather picking up a little bit, as far as the heat, we're, we're, we're still rocking and rolling. It's just not like what we're used to, for sure. We've definitely seen it slow down a little bit, um, but we're, we're, st- we're still we're still pressing on. 
Well, I tell you what, man, what you're doing for us here at the uh, Southern Sports Central Studios and having you guys be our hotline, uh, we got to get you in here once this thing clears up, man. I've even sent my producer. He does it from the house over in North Charleston, a park circle. I'm up here in Somerville. We're trying to, you know, follow the guidelines, do what best we can to keep this thing at bay. But God bless you oh. and your girls. I know you got two awesome girls there. And, uh, you know, anything yeah. we can do to promote your business, anything we can do, if you run special, shoot me a, an inbox, call me directly, and uh, we'll put it out there on our social media sites, man. But God bless you. Happy Easter. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Yes, sir. Well, we appreciate Happy Easter to you and your family also and all the Southern Sports Show, uh, you know, all your all your listeners and supporters as well. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me on the show. Always a pleasure. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, and the legend. When it comes to tent storm hotline, that is the man that puts it all together. And if you need it, you got to have it. You got to get in touch with him. He is, again, uh, the best in the business. He's a locally owned and operated. Went to Goose Creek High School. He's one of those guys that will go to bat for you, man. You know, it's hard to find those type of individuals day to day and day in and day out. We're very blessed here at Southern Sports Central to get a lot of those individuals. Coming up next, another one of those. Uh, this time, uh, this young lady is uh, knocking doors down and walls in ways that you'd never believe uh, in the sports world. She continues to uh, lead by example. So we're going to take a break. I'm going to get Ashley Hurt in here with us from Carolina Blitz. Coming up next, right out of the break, guys. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. We're coming here live on Southern Sports Central. We are now excited to bring in a young lady that is just, again, she sets the standards up here, and we got to keep doing it better day in and day out because I tell you, uh, she continues to uh, knock balls down, kick doors down, and uh, kill it in the world of sports. It's not an easy job, but, boy, she makes it look that to be the case. Without further ado, I bring in uh, a young lady that I have a lot of respect for in this industry that we call sports. 
And, of course, Vash Ty Hurt with Carolina Blitz. Uh, welcome back to Southern Sports Central. I hope you're having a wonderful Easter, by the way. Happy Easter. It's been very low-key, but thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be with you. Man, I keep seeing people on social media. It, I, I mean, I guess our mate, our governor said just it, it, we kind of have that place order. We don't have like a stay-at-home order. We have a go to the place, and then you're at that place type of order here in South Carolina. Kind of weird. Uh, and I see a lot of people with family and friends, and they're cooking out, and they're grilling out. I'm thinking to myself, nothing about that picture looks to be what we should be doing. But then I'm also jealous because you start to see the food that's coming across uh, some of these uh, social media outlets. How about you guys? How are you handling COVID-19 when it comes to your Easter in, in the last couple of weeks? Uh, uh, well, I'm spending a lot of time with my mom, which is which is good, and so – we watched uh, church service this morning and then had a traditional kind of Sunday Easter meal. And then I've been, uh, I started this project where I said I was going to watch all of the Marvel movies from in chronological <laughs> order. I haven't seen most of them. So uh, I've been watching that all day. So I've just been, it's been really relaxing and um, really how I like my Sundays to be. So. No doubt about it. So who's your Marvel character? Who's your favorite so far after, what, almost 24 hours or at least 12 hours of, of uh, a marathon? Well, only, I've only watched two so far. So I've watched uh, the first Captain America, I guess, and then Captain Marvel. Um, Captain, I liked Cap, I liked the Captain America movie better than Captain Marvel uh, as far as the plot. Uh, but... Um, I really enjoyed Samuel L's ca- character in Captain Marvel. So, um, but both were, were solid movies. And as I've seen movies, kind of later movies that are amongst that uh, Marvel grouping, uh, just, you know, on a whim, because, you know, maybe I went out to go watch it with some people, or uh, it's really tying in things together. So uh, I'll probably be finished by the end of the week. So, it's, But it's been cool. No doubt about it. Live right now with a young lady that's been a huge part of our success by her knowledge and energy and everything that she does over there at Carolina Blitz. Dash I Hurt joins us here on the, of course, Tent Farm Hotline here at 830 on a Sunday night. Uh, let's get into it. COVID-19, it's the real deal, and it stopped us in our tracks. I mean, everybody may be from different places in the United States or wherever, but we're all sitting here in the same situation with no sports. I mean, if nothing else, if you've watched enough 30 for 30s by now, you should be pretty good when some of these uh, trivia nights open back up. You should at least get that part right uh, at your local pubs and all that. But uh, how, how was it going over there with you guys at Carolina Blitz, trying to cover things and just trying to keep the things moving and as far as talking to the Panthers and maybe into the ACC and any anything going on up there in North Carolina that we might not hear down here in, in our area? Uh, there have been a couple of uh, Zoom conferences. Uh, Last week, we spoke with uh, Matt Rule just about, he gave some comments on, you know, the situation with Cam Newton and and, uh, Carolina coming up in the draft and what their needs were. And he kept the answers very PC regarding Cam Newton, basically that he respected him. But as a franchise and moving in a different direction, uh, he did say that he felt like offensively in the offseason so far that they have address depth issues offensively. So, the you know, just off the top of his head, uh, heading into the NFL draft, he uh, uh, anticipates 
that they'll address uh, defense primarily. Uh, talk to Marty Herney. I probably a couple of maybe not last week, but the week before, really echoed kind of the same sentiments. Uh, UNC coach, um, um, UNC quarterback uh, Howell. We uh, spoke. He had a presser, or he was available last week, and he was just basically saying that you know he's working out twice a week. Uh, the guys uh, also spoke to the UNC offensive coordinator, and the the consensus is there's just really a lot of uncertainty right now on for NFL for uh, for college football uh, for NBA nobody really knows when things will get back to normal on the college front a lot of the college teams seem uh, especially UNC is really the ones who have had the most uh, uh, communication with via Zoom press conferences. They seem confident that even with the the lack of spring workouts, spring games, et cetera, that it really won't have a negative effect on them as a program uh, with the way that they have things set up and with the hope that they'll be able to just, I guess back in the day there was no spring workouts. When they came to school or when they were eligible to come to school, that's when they started working out for football. So that's what people are hoping uh, will be the case this season, and they seem fairly confident that, you know, this won't negatively affect them as a program. Um, So, yeah, it's just, you know, uncertainty. Try to give updates on the sports front when they're there. But, you know, nobody, you know, I think people understand the circumstances and they understand, you know, that there's really not a lot of stuff going on. So personally, I'm really not, you know, I'm kind of taking this also as a time as a lot of people are to uh to social distance and 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 start planning and and organizing so that when things get back to normal, you know, I can hit the game, hit the hit the road running. But I'm not really pressed about, you know, providing content and things like that. People are looking at that stuff, but um you know, I, I'm finding that people really aren't reading articles. They're looking at social media, very engaged. But I don't know. Everybody's mm-hmm. preoccupied and pre-consumed with what's going on as far as health-wise and the and you know what's going on in the globally. So, like right now with Vashti Hurt, the of course owner and founder of Carolina Blitz, she's joined us for for many years now. We appreciate her uh, opportunity that she's given us to get here with us to make us better day after day and segments that she's able to join us. You know, and the one thing I'm seeing, a lot of coaches are getting familiar with TikTok. I didn't know much about it, but here come high school coaches more than anybody. And, of course, you're seeing some NFL players do it with their children and things like that. I think that's kind of been the story, too, because while we talk sports, it does bring families together. But, you know, these coaches that are usually on recruiting trails in college or are coaching ready for spring ball in high school, the stuff that we cover here at Southern Sports Central, now they're, they're at home. And wives are probably thinking, you know, aren't you really about ready to leave? Or uh, some of the kids, of course, are enjoying them actually spending time with their own dad there for a minute. But, um, you know, when you see some of these coaches and, and the players that you've seen a lot of NFL players do TikTok videos, you know, how, how big is, how big do you think that is overall to kind of show some real character of these athletes that we don't get a chance to see? And I feel like we're getting a chance to see a different side of these guys and girls because there are some female athletes that are doing it as well. Uh, your thoughts on some of that, how they're able to get on social media and get a little more personal than, than in the past? Yeah, I think of course that's a that's a really good thing. Um, you know, guys have the time to engage more on social media. Uh and and you know, I think that the the smart players and the smart coaches have learned 
with or without this social distancing, to use social media as a tool to engage with fans and engage with um, engage with followers and, and engage with potential players. Uh, and I know Matt Brown in a press conference, he mentioned that, how he was encouraging his coaches to um, do more on social media so that they, during this time where you can't actually go into parents' homes, you can remain visible uh, to these recruits. And so, you know, I think that, you know, after out, when we do come out of this, hopefully they'll continue to use that as a tool to just, you know, put themselves out there. You don't have to – it's so – for some people, I think, for for those who may be a little bit behind the eight ball, they may look at social media as a, as a negative thing or as a way to get caught up. But if you use it smartly, it's a free tool to really expand your footprint. And um, so hopefully people will, will begin doing that. Not right now, Vash, I heard, of course, the founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz, who uh, keeps blitzing all around uh, the country. I mean, I watched you cover some basketball. Uh, how weird was that? Let's talk a little bit of basketball. We missed out on March Madness. That kind of was one of our first hits there. Uh, the NBA, of course, uh, they're taking this thing, it seems like, pretty serious as well, thinking, well, wait a minute, we're just going to keep evaluating this thing. Uh, for me, of course, watching them cancel uh, the College World Series uh, as well, but how big economically wise was this a hit on on when without having March Madness because that's a huge revenue for the NCAA. Oh, it's I mean it's big, it's big, but you know ultimately these you know it's it's big for corporations, it's big for the NBA, it's big for the NFL, but comparatively speaking to to those who have who make far less money who have lost their jobs it's it's not even comparable so you know i feel bad because selfishly you know those are those are big revenue drivers for me as a business and i just love the sports but uh when it comes when it comes to money and leagues losing money i really don't care about that stuff because i know that there are people who aren't making you know six seven eight figures uh, those who are making closer to minimum wage who are now unemployed and trying to find their footing. So, you know, I, the leagues will bounce back. Is it, they're, they're, sports will not be canceled for long. Those who maybe who have lost their jobs and now have to seek other ways for employment, my, my concerns are more so with them. No, I agree with you. you know, locally, it definitely affects us at, at different levels. You see a lot of the word furloughs are now one of the most – trending hashtag right now in local businesses and definitely you look at the local levels but we you and i of course i'm sure use local sponsors to kind of do what we do and it's hard for them to provide mm-hmm. it. they need to help us do what we do so yeah on a local level this is where you and i kind of get hit a little bit uh as we're live right now the vashti hurt she is the founder and editor-in-chief over at carolina blitz a, a longtime contributor for me helping me get better over here at southern sports central when we kick this season back up two different fronts here uh questions for you number one uh, do you see us having a, a later season? I, I know you're engaged in this a lot, being in the ACC uh, backyard, literally there in Charlotte. Uh, do you see possibly them doing away with the non-conference games and minimizing uh, the schedule, pushing the start maybe back to September where these guys won't even show up until then? And then how are they going to handle uh, the stadium seating? You know, you get a place like Neyland Stadium in Tennessee where they're sitting on top of one another. 
And there's some other stadiums around the country that they were so wanting to be the largest stadium in the country that they were literally putting seats on top of seats. How is this going to affect uh, going forward as well to use, uh, on those two areas? Yeah, um, I don't know if college football – I think that they're going to wait it out and see what happens with May. Uh, from everyone that I've talked to, they're hoping that things will go on as normal. But if things do not, I think the likelier uh, thing that would happen, I don't see them extending the season, but I do see them maybe cutting it, you know, cut like you said, cutting those non-conference games out uh, and then just starting with conference games. Now, there's been talk about playing without fans, but I just don't know, you know, how well that will be received on, on either end from fans or, or the players. Um, and so, you know, I think that they're preparing. I think uh, football-wise, they're just – they're planning for normal. They're keeping a close eye on it. But if so, they I don't see them moving the – I don't see them moving the – making the schedule longer because then you run into conflicts with basketball and NFL. So I just – I think that, that that would be too much. Um, the question is when the, what the NBA is going to do. You know, right now the NBA yeah. Finals would have been starting right now. And so I think that is a bigger question as far as how to handle that. You know, do you go jump right into the playoffs based on the seeding right now, which I don't think is a bad idea uh, when things are up mm-hmm. and running and maybe run the playoffs during June uh, and end in July and then just have a truncated off season. Uh, that's a possibility. But um, as far as, you know, college sports, outside of the spring sports who got canceled. Um, I don't see right now fall sports being affected that much. Uh, and, and I think, you know, attendance could, could be an issue uh, if, if, everything isn't, if everything isn't cleared up and some people aren't going to feel safe going into, you know, stadiums with thousands, tens of thousands, 100,000 people in it. But, you know, it's just – a sign of the times and, and everything is kind of up in the air. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. Um, but right now the, I think the focus for everybody is to, should just be to, to social distance and remain healthy so that we can put all of this behind us. Um, I understand it's Easter and you want to have your cookouts, but is that the best thing for long-term health and success? I don't think so. So I think that that should be the focus of everyone right now so that things can get back to normal sooner. Yeah, somewhat of normal. We're live right now with Vashai Hurt, uh, the, of course, founder and editor-in-chief over at Carolina Blitz. He's out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Does a lot of great things for us here on the show. Uh, you know, you look about, and, and kind of final thing before I get you uh, back to your family and back to your uh, your Marvels Marathon over there, the um, seniors in high school. Uh, you grew up in, in Columbia. Uh, you grew up here in the state mm-hmm. of South Carolina. Now you live up in Charlotte. Um, could you imagine, you know, I, me and Eugene and, and, and Clemson Tom, and I talked to a lot of the guys and girls that used to be on this show with me. That being said, could you ever imagine your senior year being like their senior year? I mean, for somebody in the spring sport, maybe they were a track star or, or maybe they were that soccer star, girls or guys, either way, softball, baseball, as was the year. They were going to come out of their shoes and do great things. That may or may not happen. It doesn't look like it's going to happen uh, in, in South Carolina. They haven't canceled it here, but – a lot of schools around the country have already canceled it statewide. Uh, Georgia, I know, is there. I don't know if North Carolina's completed their uh, pull their you know their their string yet, but 
Uh, your thoughts from the high school side and, and how, man, how big this would have been when you and I were in high school. Right. I think that, I mean, it really sucks for the high school kids who either needed this season, especially, you know, athletes and students. You know, you have sure. uh, things, you know, prom probably possibly won't happen. Just milestones that you look to, to accomplish. And as a former high school athlete, you know, your your senior year is the year to really, you know, solidify if you haven't already signed uh, a scholarship offer, you know, if you were maybe a fringe player, a fringe athlete, you know, to really get your name out there to try to compete uh, uh, for a scholarship for college. And this really, really hurts. It really hurts. And I feel bad. You know, you don't know what the future is. You don't even know if these kids will be able to have graduations. It's just it's a really tough it's really tough for those kids and seniors in high school who you know who are missing out on a lot right now missing out on life experiences missing out on opportunities um and you just hope that they'll that they'll be able to um use whatever resources social media film if they have film um networking to to try to continue to to make the best out of their athletic situation and then, you know, make as many memories as possible before they head off to college or work or whatever they, they plan to do. But it's, I can't imagine, like, I I loved high school. Uh, shout out to Irmo. I had I loved my time <laughs> at high school. And um, I can't imagine my senior year being cut short like this. So, you know, it's that, that's tough for them. It really is. No doubt, live right now, wrapping it up with Vashti Hurt. She is the founder, editor-in-chief of the Carolina Blitz, where right now sports are on the back burner. This is the one thing that, that has united us all together in this country. When we have moments like this, usually it's been the sports world that has come to call in to help bond us back together, but it's the farthest thing that's pulling us apart. And I guess two highlights. Number one, if this happened in October, this would be a lot worse because football stadiums would be packed from NFL to college. It could have been a lot worse. Mm. There's a highlight. The second thing. Imagine this one, Vashti. If you're a college hopeful as a senior, you're getting the best preparation right now to getting homework sent to you or schoolwork sent to you and being told you got till this day to finish it. Because I know when I was in college, when you were in college, it was the same thing. They don't care. They already got mm. your money. They just either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. So right now, you're finding out right now as a senior whether you're made for college or not. Because if you're struggling. I never thought what? about that. Those are very good points. You like that, huh? <laughs> I like that. I've had a little time to you think about it, though. Right. I mean, well, I, you know, I try to do it because you think about this. I mean, and it is hard. My heart goes out. There's no senior trips. Disney World. Let me tell you, there's two places. There's three. Okay, there's three. There's three places that they shut down. I'm definitely calling. I'm calling quit. Number one, Disney World shut down. They don't shut down for hurricanes. That that's the first thing that got me kind of upset. Chick Fil A is still open, and the Waffle House is still open. When those two other places slows down. I won't leave my yard, my house, my bedroom. I will lock it down as if we're in World War Four, Three, Four, Two, One. Doesn't matter. But as of right now, Waffle House is still kicking. I don't know what they're doing over there, but I know uh, Chick Fil A still handing out at least uh, virtual high fives and and doing everything but kissing you and letting you know everything's all right. But uh, you know, it's just it's sad to see so much negativity. And I think with I'll wrap it up with you and say this is that you know even in in, in whether you went to church this morning or watched it online, like I know I did, you did, Eugene did. Um, and the cool thing is that you can watch four or five things. It ain't like you got nothing else to do. Watch three or four other services. You, you know, hey, right. you're positive in your life. 
right? Get that God to be exactly. that source. Let everything be your resource, and maybe he'll unlock us again. Maybe there's a reason he's got to stop dropping and being around our families, because maybe that's where we were missing out on for so long. He's cleaned the air up for sure in a lot of places. But um, through everything bad, it's going to come good, and I believe that's going to be the case here. I think we'll learn a lot. I think there's been some social distancing that will stay distancing at grocery stores with these windows that they've kind of – these little things they put between you and the cashier. I think we just got a little reluctantly lazy, and I think we got a little comfortable, and, and I think that's okay for us to take a – kind of take a time out. And uh, for what that's worth, um, I appreciate you being a part of the show tonight. Uh, real quick, how do they find you? How do they hang out with you? And kind of catch in some of these Zooms that you're able to get in with some of these coaches and players. Yeah, so I try to post as much as I can on Instagram. So uh, follow me on Instagram at Carolina Blitz. When I do have a conference, I'll post uh, snippets from those videos on Instagram, uh, on Twitter at Keep Blitzen, and then we're also on Facebook at Carolina Blitz. So any social media outlet you can find us, Carolina Blitz. And you do the greatest job at it, and I appreciate you being a part of what I try to envision and being one of the great shows, but – it's guests, right? We learned that in what you and I do. It's, you get great guests, you get great results, and usually here comes all the, uh, the, the numbers and ratings that go with it. But uh, thanks for what you do. God bless you. Happy Easter. Please stay safe, and we're going to get you back in here uh, within the next couple of weeks. And if we could try to iron out maybe a day, because I know when you get back to your normal 9 to 5 as well as doing this, it's hard to find the time. But uh, let's get back and get a little bit of normalcy on our end at least. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me, as always. Yes, ma'am. God bless. There you go, ladies Bye. and gentlemen. I'm telling you, you got to follow her. You got to find her. You got to, you know, do what you can do because I'm telling you, Vashti, her, uh, Eugene does a great job. Uh, her and I uh, started working together, uh, doing our vision here uh, of bringing solid radio and uh, doing it through the Internet, doing it through social media, doing it whichever way we can. And, you know, uh, her vision, very similar to my vision, as she hashtags keep listening. You know, uh, and, and she is blitzing the market through every social media outlet there in Charlotte. Uh, I try to help her where I can on the high school stuff and some of the college stuff on this end. And uh, I keep saying if I ever move to Charlotte, I'm going to partner up with her. We're going we're gonna to take it all by storm. And, of course, uh, Coach Greer, you're up there at Providence today. And I got my homeboys up there hanging out at, of course, um, uh, Olympic High School. Uh, of course, uh, Coach Rashad's up there. We're, we're looking forward to doing some stuff with him. And uh, he may actually do a show, by the way. We're going to get into that on Tuesday. I may have a coach's uh, corner uh, where it's going to be three or four coaches that have their own show on an off day that we don't do our thing, uh, Eugene. And then, uh, of course, you got Mallard Creek that's up there in Charlotte. A lot of great football, uh, but a lot of uh, a, a lot of those uh, charter schools are, are in Charlotte. Uh, Davidson Day's up that way. Uh, they do a great job at, at what they do. And it's been a great show tonight. We don't have a lot of time, Eugene, but – uh, I do want to thank the crew over there at the uh, Somerville Satoma Club. They all joined us from the president all the way to the, uh, uh, of course, uh, the director of the cheerleading squad and anybody and everybody in between there. We, of course, had uh, our buddy, Mr. Blake, Josadi, uh, joined us. He's heading to Illinois. He's been playing his days over at Wofford. He played, of course, at Bishop England. Now he's heading to the Big Ten. And uh, then we had the owner of uh, the tent farm. Uh, Jonathan Farmer joined us and then finally wrapped it up with Ashley Hurt uh, with Carolina Blitz. I do know uh, Mr. Blackshear apologizes. It is holiday, it is holiday uh, season, even though it doesn't feel like it to some, but uh, he's there uh, in a different time zone. We've got family around him. I thought, look, man, we'll get you Tuesday or Thursday. But, uh, hey, I enjoyed it. I told you three hours goes by pretty quick. Man, you know, it's been a blessing to do this. And just want to tell everybody happy Easter. Stay safe. Stay well. 
you know, enjoy the time you have with your family during this thing. Uh, I know school starts back for most people. I know Charleston County tomorrow, so kids are going to be back into virtual learning, and parents are back teaching again as well and reinforcing things. So everybody stay strong. If you need help, you know, reach out, find some resources either at the school. I know we shared some as well as uh, many other things, and just uh, everybody have a great week. Looking forward to a big show on Tuesday and Thursday. No doubt about it. Now, if you're in Dorchester County, you're on spring break now, finally, right? You get to chill out and go nowhere. You get to go to your, your, your pools if you got one in the backyard. If not, maybe mom and dad will go to Walmart and get you one of those little pink and blue pools, and you can have a pool party by yourself or whatever, but you at least don't have to worry about doing some schoolwork. Uh, as I mentioned early in the show, we've already got our first guest lined up around 6-12. Uh, Perry Parks will join us. He is the head football coach at Ridgeview High School. Guy is today playing over Coastal Carolina, by the way, and then he was a coach over at Cedar Grove. We are working on a mega show with Cedar Grove, former coaches uh, and current coach with about four of the strongest four horsemen you can put together. And two of these, three of these coaches, one coach is in college at Arkansas. Of course, the other one coaches, as we just mentioned, Mr. Perry Parks, and then there's another gentleman who coaches in uh, Georgia, and then we'll get their current coach. He'll join us, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about, well, what it's like coaching in an inner city when you only have one stadium, five, maybe six different high schools, and you're all sharing it together, and it's got to be the most awkward thing to be in what's supposed to be your stadium, but this week it's their stadium. So there is a lot of ups and downs and all around, but whatever it is they do over there in Cedar Grove and uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, is win, and they send kids to the next level. Uh, day in and day out. We've actually had them firsthand on the show with Bryce and I Williams, uh, and many others have joined us here on the show. We've actually got to see them play here at Somerville uh, a couple years ago. We brought them in and played a, 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 a opening game here with a great group. Not only were the, the, the players great, the band showed up, that fans all traveled. I mean, they had two or three busloads of fans just show up in the stands across the way, and uh, they were all well uh, just excited about traveling. They love their saints there in Atlanta. I can promise you that. So, Eugene, I know you got your new family member, brother. Enjoy him and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. You and I will catch up, of course, here shortly. But other than that, man, another great show in the books. We'll be out live on Tuesday right here on Southern Sports Central, Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. We're also hanging out over here on Instagram. Eugene, you're a little bit more of a picture taker, dude. I got to get you in that. That's going to be your assignment. <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> And then we're, uh, we're, we're doing it, hanging out on uh, Twitter at SO Sports Central. You can follow me at Richie Altman on uh, social media. And, Eugene, tell them how to find you on social media, buddy. At Coach E. Benton on Twitter, uh, E.B. Benton on uh, Instagram. Also just by my name at uh, social media, I mean uh, on Facebook. But um, looking forward to it, man. You be well. We'll catch up. Everybody else stay safe. Happy Easter. God bless. No doubt about it. So, for behalf of everybody here, we do wish you guys a very enjoyable what's left of your Easter. Stay safe. God bless. Please social distance yourself from those around you. Until next time, Tuesday night, we will kick it live right here in Southern Sports Central at 6 p.m. Have a great night. God bless.
sitting on the steps, feeling no feelings. Last night it was the cold chillers. You gotta keep the devil in his hole. But you know how it goes. I'm front line every time it's on. 100 pro flow. Run and shoot pro. 458 drop. Playing bulletproof soul. Every few shows, I just buy some new gold. Circle got smaller, everybody can't go. Downtown Diamond District, jewelers like yo. Hustle, holla at me, I got Cubans on the low. Through the Cancun, smoking Cubans on the boat. Then dock that saloon just to smoke. Look, listening to music at the Maya Ruins. True devotion on the bluest ocean. Cruise. My cultural influence, even revolution. I'm integrated vertically, y'all. Blue it. They tell me hustle, dumb it down, you might confuse me. It's like that weirdo rap you choose to. I'm an urban legend. 